Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Standing in the rain With his head hung low Buddy Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Great to be here with you. He sounds very strained in that, uh, in that song. That is Jukebox Hero from Foreigner. And he's, yeah, one guitar. Like, very, very strained. Maybe one take. He says, I got one in me. And now you're going to get the best one. <laughs> right? It's our Tuesday open now. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's... Um... Very high register. Yeah. Yeah. He had one guitar. It's very difficult to sing. Very difficult. Just take those old records (laughs) off the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) My my kryptonite is that song. It's just terrible. Uh, Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Let's get our our heads right as we can, uh, to be honest with you. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle. He's our executive producer, imaging director, and, uh, well... I'm YouTube director, I think, and uh, we can tell just a little bit of that story here in a moment. Uh, I'd like to give Polly a little praise. Benjamin Higgins, friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning. Is it a good morning? I thought it was going to be a good morning, and then I walked in, 
and Woods seemed to be a little... Nonplussed? Yeah, a little agitated. Not in your normal zen state as you walked in. Something bothering you, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't really want to talk about it because I'm afraid to lose my job, but I'll, I will if you you know, if you know think it'll help the show. You start I the show every morning with get your head right. I can't. Yeah, we can't, we have to get your head right, right before we get started this morning. We have to work through this, and then we can move on. I'm Tackle it, and then move past it, and I, be better for it. I think that you just want me to melt down, as I've been melting down in here for the last 40 minutes or so. Uh, then that way you can have the Ben Higgins show that you've always craved. It's just you. I'm out. I'm so irritated. It's totally not fair. I don't want the Ben Higgins show. Well, I mean, I want you here. Right. I mean, if they just want not to call Mike. it the Ben Higgins show, that's fine. <laughs> with, with special guests, <laughs> Woodsy and Paul. Um, you, right. Fantastic cast member. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. Sidekick. Sidekick. I get it. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, right around this time. No, it was later in the show, actually. I talked about uh, <clears throat> talked about the uh, act of doing my expense report over the weekend. It's never my favorite thing to do. Um, it's kind of a beating. You know, you have to take pictures of the receipts, email them to yourself, upload them into your computer, upload them into the system, you put it all all in. There's always an error message. You got to go back and fix. Add add attendee. Okay, Paul Rindle was with me at dinner. I, I don't think I've ever successfully no. on the first try, never once, completed one without one like red flag. Right. Like, oh, you don't have the. You need a receipt for this one. Correct. I didn't get a receipt for that one. They don't send receipts for everything anymore. It's all digital. I don't have that one. Yep. And then you have to write a separate note as to why you don't have the receipt. Every single time it gets flagged and pushed back. I submitted like six things. They all had errors. I had to go back and fix them. It took me It took me an uh, inordinate amount of time. I think people can relate yeah. to that that have to do travel for their job or just even local expenses that need to be reimbursed by their company. So <clears throat> I I got a phone call from Adam yesterday. I knew I would. And Adam was questioning my mileage. So I explained to him. I took my car in. I took my car in and I looked at the pamphlet that said, you know, X number of miles. Then I took the mileage of when I pulled into my driveway from our trip and I subtracted them. And that was my mileage. That's what I I put in. And now that accounts for driving to work, then driving to Arizona, then driving to here, and then driving to there. And Paulie and I went to the store, and we went to Dick's, and we went to the facility every day. Then we left the facility, and we went to Explicit. Then we So instead of going into Google and saying, how far was it from Airbnb to Explicit Strip Club? That's 17 miles. Okay, now times two. That's 34. I just subtracted the number, put it in. So Adam red flagged me on that, calls me. So I talked to him, and I said, look, this is what I did. I go, hey, man. Do you feel like your drive to a strip club is something that this corporation <laughs> should be paying for? Did I use my personal automobile? You did. But that, you yeah. used your personal automobile for a lot of things. Yeah, but this was a work trip. You would have used your personal automobile. Let's say we had gone to the strip club here instead of yeah, in I Arizona. Yeah, I wouldn't bang you there. I wasn't you, on a work trip. You wouldn't have done it. No, we were going out. It was a work trip. This was all work, okay. right? All right? So all right. <clears throat> we did get a lot of content we did. from it. Well, we get content from everything we do all day long. I mean, look, if you're arguing that we should be paid for our mileage here, I'm not going to I'm not going to say you're wrong. 
<laughs> Bro, I just put my car in the shop. Cost me twenty five hundred bucks the day before, right? I put that car through a beating to go to and from, to and from. Now it's a great gig, fine. But listen, I make money here. I do well. I'm not trying to nickel and dime the company for $75, right? If You you pay what you're comfortable with. But here's my, my issue. So I wake up this morning, check my email. <sighs> Get an email from the – Adam approved it. Michael approved it. Then it goes to corporate or whatever. Corporate sends back, hey, we need the receipt that says the actual total from the nights you stayed in the Airbnb. And I don't have that because <clears throat> we went out for seven days. I only banged the company – for five days, because that the two days we went out, that was not. I, I'll eat that. That you, was vacation yeah. on top of a work trip. You don't have to pay for those. So I sent in the total. Now they need another receipt. So I'm. It. Listen. What's the opposite of padded expenses? Unpadded expenses, right? <laughs> Deflated. Deflated expenses. <laughs> the expenses I submitted are a fraction of what I actually spent. That's what bugs me. We went out, went out to we took our coaches to dinner. We all pay, a guy put it on his credit card. We paid him cash. I didn't hit the company for that money. That was a work meal, but I didn't charge you for that. Right? Here's what I hate. I hate nickel and dimers. It, that's what it boils down to. Ben, this could be uh, an argument between you and me. This could be an argument between me and my wife. Except I would never do that to my wife, and my wife wouldn't do that to me. We get. I've never seen my wife's finances. Never once. Don't know how much she has in her account. Don't care. I grew up in that fashion. I don't want it for my life. And we get 75 Amazon packages a day. Never once have I said, well, those packages are stacking up. Never. I don't nickel and dime. I don't like to be nickel and dime. Does it make a difference in anybody's mind? And I'm not saying it should or it shouldn't. But is this a trip that is assigned by your company? Or is this a trip that you want to do that the company says, we can make that happen for you, and you're, since you're working while you're there, we'll also reimburse you for some of your expenses. But this is really a, a Woods and Paul fantasy camp trip that work is helping facilitate. You'd be a really good general manager yeah. one day. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, okay, my answer to you is this. Does any other radio station in town have this content? No, okay, it's a great trip. It's exclusive not, it's, exclusive it's content. Here's what it's going to come down to, right? I don't, I don't, the, again, the expenses I turned in were not even a close to what I actually spent out of my own pocket. I know that's, that's the true. thing that I do, I do know that's That's true. the thing that drives me nuts. The, Paulie and I went and bought groceries. I'm not going to charge you for the groceries we bought. You know, the, we ate breakfast in the place. I'm not going to charge you for that raisin brand. That's on me. <laughs> I got it. But now you're going to nickel and dime me. Trip to the ATM for that stack of ones that you pulled out at Explicit? Is Correct. that on the no. expense report? Absolutely no, not. <clears throat> Absolutely not. So I, it's the nickel and diming is what makes me, it literally, it's my number one pet peeve. And I'm not saying like, like they have to do that. They have to ask about stuff like that and whatever. But it's now I got to go, I got to call somebody in corporate today and go, no, here's what I did. I took the total. I divided it by seven, and I subtracted two nights, and I gave you the, the rest. Ultimately, unfortunately, there are people who exploit the system, that, that pad their expenses, that take advantage of their companies. And Mine's because of that, the rest of us have to account for oh. every little cent with every oh. single receipt the whole time. So what you've done now, though, you know what you've done now? Oh, boy. You know what you've done now? Now you've poked the bear. Because now what the bear's going to do when he goes to spring training... I'm getting you for everything.
every red. You're George Clooney scent. in that movie. What, what's it called? Up in the air? What's the one where he's the guy who goes and fires people yeah. and lives on his expense count yeah. and travels and yeah. everything's documented? He probably knows exactly to the dollar everything every, he can spend every every day and spends the maximum to make sure that he gets the most back from his company. Every <laughs> red cent. All of it. Starbucks. The thing about Fantasy Camp is great because they feed you breakfast, they feed you lunch, sometimes even dinner. We had pizza that one night. You don't have, you don't have to pay for that, right? So <clears throat> now I'm going to go and be like, what do I have to spend for dinner? 25 bucks? Cool. I'll get it throw it out the window. <laughs> I mean, this, if this is the game that we're going to play, then I will play it. And I'm going to play it like the pettiest dude around. Bro, again, I got my expenses back. I go, yeah, I spent twice that. You know, seriously. Twice that. So that's what bums me out. It's not Adam's fault. It's not Michael's fault. It's just the way that, that businesses are run. But, like, next time, Paulie, take a picture of me handing $60 over to the guy. I'm like, here, you want my receipt? There's my receipt. 60 bucks cash for dinner. Company dinner. Work dinner. So, yeah, I'm a little nonplussed. I'm scared them. about our spring training trip oh, next month now. Oh, you wait. Just you wait. I'm just scared you want to get it. out there. You got it. <laughs> so, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nothing's included in spring training. Nothing. They don't even, feed you a damn grab thing. A bagel, a yogurt, no, a water, anything. No, ben, no, no. ben now learned what we've gone through every year. You go out in January, you get your run of the place. You can walk into the cafeteria anytime you want, grab some breakfast, trainer's some room, room you do whatever walk you want. Right into the clubhouse anytime you want. Paulie, hop on into the sometimes room, get some work getting done. a taste of how the other half lives is the worst thing you, you can. You are not wrong. Sim- simply have. broadcasting indoors, indoors at fantasy camp. Yeah. Uh, you it ain't going to be like that next month. Feasibly, feasibly, I could walk in my underwear from the locker room to the kitchen and grab a <laughs> chocolate milk and walk back in my underwear with no shirt. Try nobody that. Think the other. Nobody thinks anything. You know, anything's sideways. Try that <laughs> next month when we go to spring training. If I'm still allowed to go, actually, we please do that. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> Our newest dare. Holy cow, man! It is. It's just a. I, I'm a guy. You guys know me. Pretty generous guy. Pay for a lot of stuff out of pocket. I've paid for a ton of stuff out of pocket for this show. I'm not going to nickel and dime me over stuff. All I ask is you don't nickel and dime me in return. I know that's probably, you know, not the way that most corporations do it. But it just it really uh, ruffles my feathers. My feathers are extremely, extremely ruffled. I feel like I have to go in front of a board now and be like, well, here's the evidence. Here's four meals I didn't charge you for. Here's groceries I didn't charge you There's for. Someone's job is to make sure that expenses somewhere don't get out of control. Sure. And they have to justify their job. And I helped them by paying a lot of stuff right, out of pocket. But they have to justify their job by questioning just yeah. about everything. Because if... If their job is to manage expenses and they just say, you know what, I'm sure it's fine, they're not really doing their job anymore, so they might as well just let them go. Right, so someone s- has to justify their employment with the company. Where do you see the uh, spring training? <laughs> what was the, what's our limit for dinner? 25 bucks? I'm spending twenty four ninety nine every dinner. How much is that? And if, if I find one that adds up perfect... I'm gonna go there. Every I, night. There's people who travel for work. That's that's the game for them. Like, how can they get the most out of their their expenses every single trip? My man Dan just nailed it. He just nailed it in the chat. You know what this is? You just put one of your top performing pitchers. We're in arbitration now, <laughs> and you've called me in in arbitration, and you are 
You are raking me over the coals. Are you and no I, longer coming in for four out saves, Woods? Never. Never again. <laughs> I have. I just delivered you guys a Cy Young caliber season. And you've now called me into arbitration over some miles and some hotel or Airbnb. I can see, you can see now why these baseball players absolutely loathe the arbitration process because this is the process I'm in right now. Dan nailed it. That's exactly what it feels. Makes like. me feel good that the Padres never go to arbitration yeah. with their players. Hundred percent, even yeah. if it costs them a little extra in the long run. <sighs> smart move. Smart. That's smart How does that business. Not damage those relationships. It's a smart. It's smart business. I am. Um, I am dying to know what answer you gave. I'm assuming this was Bo who asked the question. It was last night. Yeah. You tweeted it out. What the question was. I am dying to know what Woods's answer was to the question. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, we will get into. Uh, oh, I mean, obviously, I was hoping the Padres might make a move yesterday. Instead, the Dodgers, Dodgers made, made move. one. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> last night, and the Pirates. You know, they're Pirates? they're signing people yeah. for eight figure deals, but. You know, we're still kind of quiet over here. We'll update you on baseball. Had a uh, a remarkable night in the NBA last night. I don't know if Woods cares, but it was historic. Uh, we can get into a little bit of that if you want. It's playoff week, conference championship week in football. Aztecs play tonight. Get into all of that coming up. But the answer to Bo's question coming up next after a check of traffic. Good Tuesday morning. Hopefully it's a little nicer out there. It's still a little drizzly on our way to work. Nothing like yesterday, though. Man! Was that crazy yesterday? Let's see how it's looking on the roadways with Kelly. Get started here on a Tuesday with Ben and Woods. Good morning to you on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Sometimes the uh, music just works out that way. This is a blizzard of 77. We had the flood of 24 yesterday. We were going to talk about um, the question I was asked by my six-year-old, but I, we did get shamed by Glenn on Twitter. And he's right. I, he said, complaining about expense reports, San Diego's in a state of emergency. Glenn, you're right. I was wanted to wait till later in the show. In my like, bad. In, I, in like a, I forced you to talk about it. Well, in like a more prime-timey type deal to get more maximum ears on exposure. maximum exposure yeah but glenn ultimately you're right san diego uh was underwater yesterday and you know we were texting each other yesterday about how we could help you know we got a platform here uh paulie came up with a great idea it, we've i've already seen a couple of people lose uh things I mean, one guy's car was underwater uh yesterday outside of his of apartment complex we had a guy that uh, we interviewed on channel 10 who had a baseball card collection from his youth that oh, he had been collecting no, his whole life no, in his no, garage. Dude. And it you got completely destroyed. You got to get that out of there. I know. Yeah, I felt well, to be. He was work, though. Or yeah, he what was do you do? crying, and I felt so bad for the guy. Yeah, I mean, and that's Because sucks. you can't really <clears throat> replace no. that. It's not, it's not something even like 
insurance or no. monetary donations can replace. Odyssey would probably cover it, though, if I had to guess. <laughs> it's, They'd probably cover it, for it's, sure. It's the time you put in. It's the personal memories of each card that yeah. you've collected. There's just no way to replace that. And I felt so bad How for old that was guy. He? he was probably in his, like, 50s. It's oh, terrible, yeah. man. And, you know, it, it, look, somebody hears that and goes, well, baseball card collection. I understand. That, to him, is was as valuable as anything he has. I understand there's people... Their homes I'm are sure flooded. that person's happy to be <clears throat> alive safe and safe and dry. And, and, of course. Yeah. And, and then there was still this, sucks, though. There was this woman uh, who lived down in Shelltown, and her whole house was flooded. She said, pretty much everything is destroyed. But she said, you know what? We all got out okay. We're all safe. We're all healthy. We can replace everything. Yeah. That's what's really important. She said it with a smile on her face. And it was like... I mean, there's no wrong or right reaction to, you know, devastation and what was going on, but it is interesting how how people just handle things, you know, differently. My and heart it, was just breaking yeah. left and right yesterday watching the news coverage of everything going on. I had the news on. They were in National City, and they were just kind of following this woman wading through three feet of water to find her car. She goes, it, that's my house. It was parked right no there. No way. It washed away. It moved 12 houses down Holy into smokes. somebody's backyard and crashed into their house. Dude, yeah. I, and she's on FaceTime with uh, a relative or a friend like, I'm trying to find my car. And they're just following her. And then how many people went to work in the morning and didn't know what they were coming home to? Sure. An entire house flooded. Personal belongings destroyed. Maybe your pets freaked out and and got out of the house and they're lost. It was just awful. Yeah, there were, I, I saw a lot of pets um, p- got out. It's just a, it was a really really sad they had day. To shut down the trolley line downtown. It but was it, flooded. If you have, <clears throat> if you know somebody, right, um, or or if you yourself were affected and you have like an Amazon list, anything that we can do to help blast it out to our audience, to uh, our social media following, whatever. Please, don't, please feel free to tweet us. Tag us in an Instagram tag story. Us. Tag us on Twitter. We'll share it. We'll do everything we can uh, to help to help as many people as we can, certainly. And um, if you try to scam anybody and it's a fake and we find out, you're dead. You're dead. You're yeah. dead. Yeah. They'll come after you. That's, our, just, that's, that's all I'm saying about that. Put the Odyssey investigators on it. I'm sure they'll, <laughs> they'll get to the bottom of it. Um, but no, it was a terrible, terrible. I got, I was a little nervous about driving home and I just kept it, I kept it Ben Higgins style, man. I went 50 miles an hour the whole way home. I was sliding all over the freeway, uh, as well on the, on the drive home, but there was no traffic. That was the weird part. Everybody, at least at call it 10:30 a.m., everybody was kind of following the rules, going slow in their own lanes, and it and was 45 up the entire yeah. 15 freeway. And wow, it was, that, the whole stereotype that San Diegans can't drive in the they, rain they is it did. always true? They I mean, actually can I drive in the like rain. Four accidents. I had less traffic yesterday. Traffic. Than I normally do. Yeah, it went slower, but yeah. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't actually backups or anything on our freeway drive home. Yeah, please uh, please let us know what we can do uh, to help. Please let us know if you have, again if you have a list or anything like that. We are happy to help. We want to help. Uh, we are. It's imperative that we help. Well, we you know what we can do when we go to spring training. We'll pad our expenses and then yeah, donate. You can have the money. Donate the extra to flood victims here in San Diego. You mean continue to pad our expenses? <laughs> oh God, I'm hot mad about it. But uh, it's just I, I saw yesterday, like National City, man. It just <sighs> was just awful. 
Awful, awful, awful. So I think all the people downtown, they had to move like all of the homeless shelters yep. around, like out of where they normally are because it was just completely flooded. Uh, my inches. wife was telling me In that National City. the trolley Three. line down there was like damaged beyond repair. It's going to take a long time to get Ooh. that all figured out. It was underwater. Now, I guess the good news is, is that it's not going to continue. That yesterday was the worst of it, allegedly. Today's going to be fine. I, I guess yeah, the rest I, of the well, week should be good. Be beautiful, uh, actually. Golf tournament should be fine. Right, that's the priority. Well, I mean, it's a big of, event uh, in San Diego. God, the golf tournament. You want the good weather. Good news, everybody. Yeah, if, Ben's experience the, at Torrey the, Pines the, is this not weekend. going to get ruined. The farmers will it's, go on. It's a major event that draws thousands of people to town. You would like those things to go on without major weather interruptions. <laughs> And no, you would. You like. would. They could move it up to Carson uh, if they had to, Ben. <laughs> um, I did see, though, the term forecast, like early February. A lot of rain again, they're thinking. Well, it's Another El Nino this year, right? Storm systems so moving in like again. So this like kind of the so, first wave Yeah, of... we may not be done for the winter. Okay. We're well, just done for this particular storm system. I, I mean, I saw guys yesterday, sand, you know, sandbags everywhere over. I went to pick up the kids from school, and it was driving through this kind of back road of Encinitas. I mean, there's guys sandbagging their driveway and stuff. So I've seen people climb out of the windows of their cars. Ugh, just be, you know... It, swimming out of their windows of their homes. It's always important to... to be as prepared as you can be. You can't, but you're not going to beat the elements. You know what I mean? The elements will eventually get you. Um, I've, I've heard stories. My dad used to tell me stories of his aunt and uncle up in upstate New York, uh, a little town called Oswego, where they would get 14 feet of snow, like in a day. And you open your front door, and it's as as high as you can go. It's just a white wall around your home. And you do that 10, 12 winters in a row, the roof starts to cave in. I mean, it can't support the weight. It can't. There's Mother Nature will always win. So do your best that you can. Um, renters insurance. Somebody said in the uh, in the chat. Great time to check on that through AAA. They actually cover collectibles and things like that, Benny, as well. So, man, it is. Um, you do the best you can, and, and I'm glad you guys brought that up because if more of this stuff is coming. We should all be, you know, making a point to be a little bit more prepared. So uh, yesterday, it was the wettest January day on record <laughs> at the San Diego airport. It says over four inches of rain was recorded just uh, northeast of downtown San Diego. And oh, I believe the fourth rainiest day in the history of San Diego, according Good. to Megan Perry last night. She got... She actually kind of got excited. I heard her in the. Yeah. She was like, "Oh, we just two two more hundredths of an inch. We just moved into fourth place all time." And I'm going, "You're watching this like a sporting event." Well, it's, she it's, said, "Well, at this point, there's been so much rain. You might as well set some records." San Diego and weather, it's a thing. I mean, my my, you know, my late father-in-law was very very into the weather. I mean, massively massively into the weather, and it for them. This is their this you're right. This is their Super Bowl. This is what they live for. Uh, but please be safe out there. Please be careful. Uh if you need anything, please let us know. We are happy to help. Our boss did uh, weigh in on the chat. Said he will be uh, auditing the strip club mileage. Now, he needs to consider sending Annie and Elston instead of Ben and Woods to spring training. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll consider them warned about their expenses. <laughs> I want to uh when we come back, I want to talk about the Padres bullpen. Well, actually, that's a lie. It's the only thing you really can talk about because it's the only area of the team of semi that feels like it's pretty much in place for this season. I you agree. can talk about the let's talk about the Padres lineup. You can't. No. Yeah, how about Be- the outfield? Because we don't know who's in it. Talk about the rotation. You can sort of, but I think there's still another move or so to be made. The bullpen 
I'm guessing is fairly in place. It look and 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 looks dare I say pretty damn solid right now. But how do you envision Mike Schilt kind of deploying his pieces? Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that when we come back. Uh, if you missed it, we'll also hear from Trevor Hoffman what he had to say about it last week when we were out at fantasy camp. Get to that coming up next. It's Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, the fan. Checking the Dodgers expense report lately. Just approved, approved. Yep, yep, yep. Approved. Yep. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, whatever, whatever you need. Just go ahead. God. I mean, we've spent so much already. You might as well just go all the way. And they added maybe a, another little piece that they needed yesterday. Uh, if there was an area of concern on a loaded roster. The Dodgers thought they needed a little more starting pitching depth. So I don't know if it's finalized yet, but the Dodgers expected to ink a deal with right-handed pitcher James Paxton, just a, a one-year contract, uh, expected to be worth 11 to $12 million plus incentives. Paxton had a comeback season last year after uh, years of injury, went 7-5 and five with a 4.50 ERA for the Boston Red Sox. Wasn't quite the pitcher he was, you know, back with Seattle before the pandemic, uh, before the injuries took hold. But 7-5, 4.50 after not pitching for a couple of seasons is certainly promising enough that, you know, with the Dodgers' luck, he'll probably end up, you know, three ERA guy the next. Oh, yeah. Tyler Anderson, Tony Gonsolin, whatever. Andrew Haney. Yeah, just, <laughs> just add him to the pile, exactly. And uh, notably, uh, according to the people who do such calculations, with that move... The Dodgers have passed the New York Mets for the most expensive roster now in all of baseball, which is saying something because the Mets had a large lead last year over everybody else. But, you know, they shed a couple of salaries at the trade deadline, have not done much during this offseason in terms of free agents. And with all the moves the Dodgers have made, even with the deferred money, uh, their their CBT, their competitive balance tax number, is going to be higher at this point than even the New York Mets. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a matter of time. I don't think they're done yet either. I mean, they're still still rumored. I, they were really uh, rumored for Josh Hader, and that obviously didn't work. He went to Houston four years, $95 million, or five years, 95 one of the two. Um and there are still a couple of trade possibilities uh, for the Dodgers. I think it's funny to say, even if you look at their roster, if you're a Dodger fan, you're still like, yeah, there's a couple things I wouldn't mind upgrading here and there, and they're obviously uh, committed to doing that this year. But the Paxton deal, one of those where you look at it and go, okay, yeah, I mean, that, I could have seen 15, 16, 20 teams uh, taking that flyer on a James Paxton. But 
typically guys that are are in of the same ilk as James Paxton have gone to LA and done pretty well for them. But um, they need you know they need a left handed starter. They got one now in James in James Paxton. So oh, I said right handed, left handed. Yeah, yeah, he's left handed. Um, so yeah, I, I'm you know congrats guys. Uh, meanwhile. Josh Hader was introduced by his new team, the Houston Astros, yesterday. They wouldn't go so far as to just name him the closer, but I, I can't imagine you go and pay that much for Josh Hader and go, okay, we'll see how you look in the eighth inning and compete for the job. He's going to be closing out games uh, for the Houston Astros last season. Yet, even minus Josh Hader, the more I look at the Padres' bullpen. Is this copium? I feel like a little bit, but I'm with you. I'm smoking I, it. The too. more I like what I see, I want. I want to get into what Mike Schilt has to work with and how he may deploy his forces. Coming up after a check of traffic here on ninety-seven-three, the fam. Start with the biggest caveat when it comes to a bullpen. Caveat emptor, buyer beware. Performance one season does not necessarily translate to performance the next season when it comes to members of a bullpen. Neither does lack of performance. True. True. You have guys that fluctuate. Yep. Part of it is because you're always working with a limited number of innings. You have a guy who has a good season, but if he has a bad three outings, you know, he gets drilled three times, gives up three or four runs. Yeah. ERA is toast for the year. Six ERA. You really actually, can't, he's pretty good. He is actually stretch. pretty good. You can't really see it, though, necessarily in the numbers. So there's a lot of variables when it comes to a bullpen. And there's no way you lose Josh Hader. That's not going to hurt at least a little bit. But as I'm looking at the one area of the Padres' 40-man roster that seems fairly set at this point as we approach spring training here in a couple of weeks, I have to say I am I am excited about at least what Mike Schilt has to work with in the bullpen. Of course, you've got just the top six right now. And and we don't know how a couple of the newcomers, you know, the guys from Asia are going to perform. But just knowing you're starting with Robert Suarez, Stephen Wilson, you've got now Yuki Matsui and Wusuk Go, and then coming back is Eniel De Los Santos in the trade uh, that they got uh, earlier in the offseason. And you've got Tom Cosgrove back. To me, that's a good nucleus of six right there to start with your bullpen. And then the other pieces, like Alex Jacob that we yep. saw a little bit last uh, season, yep. uh, was very exciting. You've got the guys that you picked up from the Yankees who could all work in potentially as longer relievers and innings eaters if they're not in the starting rotation. You put all that together, and honestly, I, I like what I see. Luis Patino is another option that they picked up that uh, maybe just a flyer, but you're not counting on him right now. No, he's, but it's, he's a ninth, tenth option at this point. It's depth. You know, it's depth, and and there are there you know there's a bevy of arms down there, and and the competition in the bullpen, I would imagine, in spring training is going to be fierce uh, amongst these guys. All these guys want a spot. Most of these guys have had a spot in major league bullpens before, other than you know the guys from from other countries, Ben. But um, there's going to be some really really nice competition going down uh, for those those spots. Avila and Waldron are back. If they're not in the starting rotation, they're also you know long options out of the bullpen. So. Morihon is is you know maybe his last shot. Sure, uh, but if there's one area of the Padres roster that looks at least on paper, you can say I feel good about this going into spring training. I'm not. I don't think they need to make any more moves necessarily. If you just went with this going into the spring, I'm fairly satisfied. It's definitely the bullpen for the Padres right now. The question is, how are you going to deploy? 
those forces. And you if know, you're what? Mike Schultz, it's funny because I'm I'm, I'm even reluctant uh, to do this this segment because it could definitely come back and probably will come back to haunt us. I feel like every time we've been worried about the bullpen, the bullpen's been great. I feel like every time we've been excited about the bullpen, it's been trash. Um, I think we went into last year saying, you know, the bullpen's going to be great. I mean, and then Garcia was not Garcia. Honeywell had flashes of of being pretty good. Now, Tom Cosgrove was a huge surprise to all of us uh, and really had a nice season for the Padres last year. So I'm I'm reluctant to do it, but it's something that needs to be done uh, because, again, you know, championships and games aren't won on paper, as we all know very well here. Um, that being said, it's the one area. You can't even look at the infield. And go, I feel great about the infield. Yeah, you got some great players, but who's playing first base? You know, the catching core, you're like, okay, yeah, Campy's there and Higashioka. Outfield is a, a wasteland, you know, but really it's the, uh, the rotation is kind of a mess. It's the only thing you can look at to this team and go, okay, this could be off the board right now. You probably don't need to go nuts adding uh, any other arms. You probably like what you have. I think for me, as I look at these guys, the one question is who is going to be able to take over the ninth inning role? Everyone that I listed has, you know, either in the Asia or here, has succeeded in a setup role at times. Stephen Wilson has been a good seventh inning guy, occasionally pitched the eighth inning. Tom Cosgrove stepped up and did it. Obviously, Robert Suarez has done it for the Padres in the past. Uh, Eniel De Los Santos has done it with other teams. And then, of course, you've got the two guys coming in, Go and Matsui from Asia, who were closers, but have the kind of stuff that you think is, is going to play at least in the seventh and eighth inning. You've got a ton of options in the seventh and eighth innings. But who is that guy that's going to actually pitch the ninth inning? And is it necessary to really name someone and identify someone that's going to be your ninth inning guy? Um, you know, the the analytics crowd will tell you it's probably not that important. You want to go with your best matchups, save the guy who's going to face the correct part of the lineup in the ninth inning. But when we talked last week to Trevor Hoffman when we were out at fantasy camp, and I brought up that possibility of, the closer by committee. Let the matchups dictate when you use guys. If you're facing tough lefties in the seventh inning, bring in the lefty in the seventh inning. You don't necessarily have to save him to be the closer every single time. Trevor pushed back on that as, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame qualifications certainly allow him to do. I wanted to get your, th- whether it's necessary or not, to actually name a closer for the ninth inning in in the modern day of baseball. It now. might not be needed to be named in spring training or coming out, but I think the dust settles. You have somebody that you get used to back there. It allows you to set everything else up, settle into their roles, and there's comfortability and and knowing where you're going to be at. So that's just how I've seen bullpens work. Is when everyone has an idea of their role, everyone kind of settles in. But uh, to do the by committee, you're you're on pins and needles for the three hours that you're sitting out there waiting to see if the phone. Rings and who's it going to be? Yeah, I like that. That uh, you never really think about it from his perspective and and the guys out there in the pen, you know. And I, I you talk about master communicators that that some managers are. Um, they told us, you know, all the guys that played for Boach said Boach was really good about letting you know if you were a bench player or a guy in the pen, you know, hey, this is what I'm thinking for you today, tomorrow, whatever. But when you're dad, like Trevor, Trevor knew he's like, I don't have to do. One thing until the, let's call it the sixth inning. Then I need to start getting loose, getting hot, whatever, uh, based on the the situation of the game. 
I think it's important. Um, I think I think that it that it giving God make letting guys know what they need to do on a daily basis is important. You can't be married to it though. The guy's gone four days in a row. You know, if Matsui's pitched the eighth four days in a row, he's probably not going to go on the fifth day. I, you know, I was going to make that kind of same point, and obviously Trevor is right, and Trevor knows way more than I'm ever going to know. But I feel like I pushed back on Goose Hall of Fame closer, and I'm going to push back on Trevor just a little bit based You're on a nerd too. Thank you. <laughs> and if Trevor's listening, he can call me a nerd if he wants as well. But yes, I, I see the value in in establishing roles and getting guys to know what their role is going to be, and that is very helpful. But in baseball, you always have to be flexible. If the closer has been used three days in a row, someone else is going to have to step into that role the fourth day. Or like you said, if a guy's been used in the eighth inning or he pitched two innings the day before, you always have to have guys who are able to move from the sixth to the eighth inning or from the eighth to the ninth in a certain situation. It's a 162-game season. Everybody has to get a certain level of comfortability in changing their roles over the course of the year. We, we see it even in successful bullpens. When guys get hurt and go on the injured list, your sixth inning guy becomes your seventh inning guy. Your seventh inning guy becomes your eighth inning guy. Steven Wilson bounced around a ton. Last year, sixth inning, eighth inning, seventh inning, because, well, sometimes he was the best arm out there. And other times there were three or four other guys who, who were pitching better than he was. And you have to, you have to be flexible as a manager, as a, as a bullpen coach, when you're kind of looking at what you've got available, the totality of your bullpen and best deploy it to try to win as many games as possible. I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again till the day I die. Managing a bullpen has got to be the most frustrating, impossible, anxiety-ridden thing that a manager has to do. Period. The end. There's just, it would be the thing that would keep me up at night. You know, a football game, hey man, all hands on deck. We're going balls to the wall for the entire 60 minutes and we're going to go crazy. Bro, the the thought in your head of four games down the road, ooh, that's a guy that we've handled pretty good. I may not need the bullpen. You know what I mean? Like, you just... You have to think so many moves ahead. And look, that's why you stack a bullpen with 20 guys and and, and hope that they're all semi-effective. Um, I can't tell you. Like, you know, we. I think I've defended – I think I will always defend a manager. All they, Regardless of who it is, if I like them, if I don't like them, I will always defend a manager, Ben, when it comes to managing a bullpen. Always. Because it's just got to be impossible. It damn near feels like luck sometimes. Really. You know, I'm, my gut tells me he can get through. He's gone two days in a row, but my gut tells me he's ready. And the look in his eye said he was ready. It's got to be, it's got to keep these guys up at night. And I've got to imagine that even for experienced managers, even a guy like Mike Schilt, yeah, most of the bullpen decisions kind of take care of themselves. Sure. If you put a guy in, first couple of games, first couple of save opportunities in the ninth inning, and he gets the job done. You're going to just keep throwing him out there in the ninth inning. You're not going to make major changes if things are working. But here's the problem. What if he do, what if he does blow, like Suarez? I think blew his very first save. He did in Arizona. Had, remember? Yeah. Had nobody given him another chance to come back and say? If you looked at that and said, "Oh, he clearly can't handle it," he doesn't get all those saves that year that he had him parlaying that into a huge contract, right? So that's the other. When they when they succeed, it's easy. What do you do when they fail a couple of times? Well, the good news is 
if there is some struggles, you should have plenty of options of guys that you can try in different roles. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, you don't want to be juggling everybody every day. You want to know going into the game, hey, here's our plan, 7th, 8th, ninth inning today. But if that plan is different the next day, you got to be okay with that as well. Yeah. Hey, next day, here's our plan. Be ready for it. Be comfortable with it. Here's what we're looking at. Because, honestly, I think there are days when Tom Cosgrove may come in in the 5th inning to yeah. get a key left-hander out. 100%. And there are days where you might want to save him for the 8th inning as a setup guy against certain lineups. And you're going to have to get used to that. I can't wait to talk to Mike Schilt about this at spring training. Because... Because it is, it remains one of the more fascinating jobs a manager has. All right, uh, we're going to come back. Hour number two. Take on Woods. Woods has uh, lost for the first time this year. Happened yesterday. Will it be two in a row? As we try to qualify a listener for Las Vegas, we get the Aztecs tonight against Wyoming. Looking at that matchup. All coming up next. Ben Woods here on ninety-seven three The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On our friend Adam Jones. Okay. Adam is uh, on a flight this morning. Okay, I'm not and surprised. He tweeted out that um, he gave up his. He's heading out to the uh, NFC or AFC Championship game. Oh, yeah. Oh, Baltimore. Okay. Baltimore guy. Ravens fan. Yep. Baltimore legend heading out to the, uh, the championship game this Sunday, which you can hear right here on 97.3 The Fan. So I assume he's flying from probably Barcelona to Baltimore. And he said he gave up his window seat Oof. so a couple of guys could sit together on the plane. And he doesn't feel like he's getting enough of props for his sacrifice of doing so. Now, he then later admitted he is in business class and he's still quite comfortable right. well, in, his, in his middle seat that he's in now. But he doesn't get to look at the clouds. Should you get a lot of credit for moving your seat when you're already in a nicer section of the plane? I mean, what, what does he want? 
I don't know. He just seems like he wants to get some praise from giving up his seat, his comfy window seat. Oh, I mean, clearly, I mean, he's a world traveler. Yeah. It's a rookie move, though. When you get on the plane, if you have a window seat, you just pretend that you're asleep so that nobody asks you for it. Like a couple <laughs> or something walks in. Hey, do you mind if we sit together? I, I can't hear you. I'm dead asleep. I got my headphones in. You perpetrate like you're asleep until the plane takes off. He also wonders if anyone would have given up their seat for him had he asked. It's tough, man. I've, I, I've had and I came back from Vegas, and we had to sit apart, you know, both sitting in middle seats. Kind of a beating, but, you know, after five, four days in Vegas together, you're like, all right, I'll take the hour to myself. Uh, but, yeah, sitting in a middle seat, no, really, no matter where you are, sucks. Really, it, it, middle seats are not, not great. Might need to get some Baltimore flavor from uh, AJ later this week. I, he's I'm, got some time for us. I'm all in. I'm all in on uh, talking to AJ anytime. Uh, I don't, I, I'm still not sure about that matchup. Uh, Chiefs, Ravens. That's going to be a good game. I mean, the Ravens, I think, are the better team still. But, man, I'm hesitant to pick against the Chiefs it's at this point after the last couple of weeks. Very Well, you're a little gun-shy anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> One and nine in your picks. So. Uh, we get uh, Take on Woods coming up here in a couple of minutes. If you want to get in early, uh, the phone lines are wide open right now. 833-288-0973. You can back up yesterday's uh, winner, Steve, and try to qualify for our Getaway to Las Vegas concert tickets. 833-288-0973. Get to that coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, tonight, 6 o'clock, Viejas Arena, the Aztecs. Taking on the Wyoming Cowboys. You got to take it to these guys, Benny. You kind of do. I mean, it's home. You got to hold serve. Wyoming is not good, but they've been surprising. They they knocked off Nevada in their last game, so they've beaten one of the upper level teams in the conference already. They're three and two, uh, so they've got a winning record in the conference, and they always seem to. I mean, the Aztecs have won ten in a row, so I'm not saying that. (laughs) Against the against the Cowboys, so I'm not saying that they are, you know, a thorn in their side, but there have been a few close games, you know, like two point game, three point game, and the thing about their coach Jeff Linder and and Mark Ziegler wrote about it in the QT this morning. He is well. There's two styles of coaching. One is hey, let's do what we do well. Let's stick to it. You yeah, know, we're going to practice it. We're going to run our offense. We're going to run our defense. You, we're going to make. We're going to do what we do best. He's the old. Let's be incredibly unpredictable, and we may come out in a man-to-man one game, and we could do a 1-3-1 zone the next game. We could run and gun on offense one game. They, they did that in uh, last year in the Mountain West Tournament. They scored like 100 points. They like pushed the ball up the court, up the court, and the Aztecs had them the next game, and they were ready for like track meet on you know in Las Vegas. And you know what Wyoming did? They brought the ball up Slowed so down. slowly, like just... Like snails pace the entire game, and they kept it low scoring, and they nearly upset San Diego State just by mixing it up. So they're gonna, there's gonna be some wrinkles tonight, and the Aztecs are gonna have to be ready, gonna have to handle it. Uh, basically, you've got to do the little things well. When you're the better team, you got to box out, you got to rebound, you got to impose your will, your areas of advantage. Jaden Ladee, you got, you get your stars the touches. You've got to muscle them out. You've got to use that home crowd to your advantage. And the Aztecs should take care of business. But you give a team like this a little hope, some inroads. You let them get hot, and they, I think they scored ninety nine against Nevada, so they can fill it up when they're hot. You let Whoa. them. You let them stick around a little bit, and all of a sudden you've got a nervous game on your hands tonight at Vieja Serena. And that's the last thing you want coming off a loss against Boise State on Saturday. Aztecs are 17 points. I was just going to bring that up. Seven. I got 16 and a half. You're Lou Holtz and me to death right a little bit. now. A little bit. A little Holy bit. crap, dude. Mm. 
No, this is this is you just go handle this game. Put the wood to him. Seventeen point favorite. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I At really home. would. Yeah, stress, you want to laugh her? Stress free. I don't think I can. take care of business. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of. Points. And then the Aztecs have the bye this weekend, so they don't play until next Tuesday. But next week, both of their opponents are ranked in the top twenty-five. They've got at Colorado State and then home against Utah State, who are both currently ranked in the AP Top 25. In fact, five of the next seven games after tonight are against teams currently ranked in the Top 25. So the schedule is going to get pretty brutal here in the middle part of the Mountain West. Get get the win, get a little bit of rest, work on whatever you need to work on, and then start putting in game plans because, at the very least, I feel like you got to win three of those five and then you'll be in the top half of the conference. You'll have your last few games. You get some home games against some of the lower teams in the conference. You can finish strong. But if you go, this would be a very bad time for the Aztecs to kind of go on a, a bad stretch of the season. They could play their way out of the Mountain West title race over the next two to three weeks with the way the schedule has broken down for them. It's going to get really tough after today. So don't overlook Wyoming. Take care of business. And then get yourself set up for what is going to be a pivotal stretch of the season for Brian Dutcher's team coming up. I feel like you got everybody nervous for no reason with a seventeen-point spread. <laughs> I'm a San Diego sports fan. Yeah, this is what we do. That's true. By we, your get, nails, we get nervous, get nervous about games, and then when we don't get nervous, it comes back to bite us in, That's fair. in the backside. That's fair. A um, couple of quick other basketball notes since I'm on the subject. Did you see? Uh, Joel Embiid, 70 last night. 70. Dropped 70 on 70 him. points. He was going nuts. And the same night, Carl Anthony Towns goes for 62 for the Timberwolves in actually what was a loss. But what I thought was funny is that it was the 18-year anniversary of Kobe's 81-point game, January twenty second, <sighs> 2006, when Kobe scored his 81. And he got two guys uh, who both go for over 60. That's Last time that happened was like 1978 um, when you had two guys going for over 60 in the same night. So that's incredibly rare how, how in the you, NBA. How do you score 62 points and lose that game? Who'd they lose to? They lost to a very bad Charlotte team. A good Minnesota team that has over 30 wins lost to a really bad Charlotte team. I don't know what happened. I know Minnesota's coach, he lit them up after the game going, you guys didn't take that seriously. You were like, let's get... Let's get Cat as many points as possible, but you forgot the forgot most the important game. part is you've got to win the game. And Anthony Edwards, you know, didn't get into the rhythm at all. He he barely scored any. And give uh, Charlotte credit. They said, "All right, well, we'll guard everybody else, and we'll let <laughs> we'll let Cat get his. But if we stick around, maybe we have a chance to steal it." And they did win that game. But you wonder how often. I mean, if if an NBA player really just wanted to score. Like they said, all right, we're just feeding this guy. Yeah. How many can we get him? Like when Kobe scored his eighty-one, when you take the like a lesser opponent and you go for it, it's very entertaining. But I don't know that it's the best strategy to win games, so you don't see it that often. You'd rather have balanced scoring. You know, everybody in double figures. You don't know where the points are coming from. It's more fun in the box score for a fan to see a guy score sixty-two or seventy. But I think it's better as a team, as a coach. You want to see. Three guys score 25, two 100%. guys score 16. Well, you want to see a dub. That's what you and want to see as a fan. And you're going to get more dubs when you spread out the scoring more often than concentrate them I all agree. with one player. So you're not going to see a ton of that in the future. But it's always funny I to me when you see a huge scoring game like that. 
Brandon says in the chat, Cat scoring 62 and losing is like when Otani would pitch six scoreless Trout <laughs> homer twice and the Angels would still lose. Haven't seen it since Tungsten, Tungsten Arm Duel. Yeah, I'll, I'll miss those <laughs> tweets. Well, hopefully they continue with the uh, with the, the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, maybe uh, some of that bad luck yeah. that carried uh, with the Angels will transfer to the Dodgers. That's literally what we're hoping for at this point. All right, looks like we got some contestants calling in. Let's get to today's game of Take on Woods. It's time for Take on Woods. 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 Take on Woods, brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. It only takes 15 minutes. You don't have to get out of your car for directions and discounts. Go to SoCalOilChange.com. That's SoCalOilChange.com. Matt is on the line today. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good. Good morning, guys. All right, Woods is Woods is studio. Uh, You are trying to become the second straight winner to qualify for our grand prize trip to Las Vegas. Two nights at the Westgate. Tickets to Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns. A night of rock and roll. Iconic bands coming together on April 11th at the Westgate International Theater. Uh, Tickets are available now at Ticketmaster.com. All you need to do is uh, beat or tie Woods in our five question musical trivia challenge, and to give you a little advantage. I'll let you pick the category. We'll keep Woods in the dark. So here are your choices, Matt. Head of the class, still sitting there. Five song titles, including the word head. Open and shut up. Those are five song titles that include either the word open or the phrase shut up. And we got fade to black, our new category. Those are five song titles or musical artists with names ending in black. So head of the class, open and shut up, or fade to black. Matt, what would you like to play? I'll take uh, Head of the Class. Head of the Class. All right, five song titles. You'll find the word head in all of them today. 60 seconds. If you don't know an answer, you can pass. We'll come back to it if there's time remaining on the clock at the end. First question is our two-second song. Polly's going to play you a little music. You need to give me the title, including the word head, and the artist to score that point. We'll go from there. Matt, are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Category Head of the Class. Your time begins when Paul plays our music. Good luck, Matt. Let's take on Woods. Uh It was ineligible for the Billboard charts, but which 1996 song by the Wallflowers became the band's number one radio hit? Uh In 2001, Kylie Minogue topped the charts in 40 different countries with which techno-pop-influenced dance club hit? The title track from Foreigner's third album is which song about a battling couple? Which lead single from the debut album by The Fray is subtitled Cable Car? Bo, back to our two-second song. Ten seconds. It was ineligible for the Billboard charts, but which 1996 song by the Wallflowers became the band's number one radio hit? Mm. Ma- Matt, do you know any songs with head in the title? Just throw one out there. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the best category for you. I almost want to just take the other caller. Uh, no, let's just bring Woods in. Not, right. It's not everyone's going to be a winner. Sorry. Hey. It's just going to happen. Let's see how Woods does. I won't give the answers out until afterwards. Everyone can play along. All right, Matt's score is locked in. 
Woods, you get the same five questions, the same 60 seconds. Okay. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck. Let's take on Matt. It's Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears. Correct. It was ineligible for the Billboard charts, but which 1996 song by the Wallflowers became the band's number one radio hit? One Headlight. Correct. In 2001, Kylie Minogue topped the charts in 40 different countries with which Technopop influenced dance club hits? Pass. The title track from Foreigner's third album is which song about a battling couple? Head Games. Correct. Which lead single from the debut album by The Fray is subtitled Cable Car? Over My Head. Correct. In 2001, Kylie Minogue topped the charts in 40 different countries with which techno-pop influenced dance club hit? Out of My Head. Close. Yeah. Can't get you out of my head. Pretty yeah, close. What was nice. your category? Head? head? Yeah, it was head of the class. Uh, yeah. Uh, head no- would have been great. Four nothing, though, was the uh, final. Matt, uh, not not the Sorry, greatest Matt. performance today, Sorry. but we appreciate you putting yourself out there, giving it a shot. Um, yeah, well done, Woods, Thank on you. that category. I love Head Over Heels so much. I listen to it probably ten times a week. I think I like every song on that. Category. I don't know that I know the Kylie Minogue. It's the it's like poppy. It's a can't get you out of my head. Oh, maybe I have heard that. You've heard it for sure. I love the fray. One headlight. One of my and we know everyone loves every foreigner song on this show. Head so games. Yes. Fine. Head games is a great. It's a big song. day for foreigners. It's three foreigner uh, songs already. And uh, <laughs> Jacob Dylan, one headlight yep. wallflowers. That's right. right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Good category of songs there, but no winner today. We will try again. Tomorrow, in a Wednesday game of Take on Woods. We have a lot of options. Oh, my God. Today on Don't Do This. It's not necessarily a good thing, but uh, one of the, I guess, creepier stories you will ever hear out of Kansas City. What the hell happened to three Chiefs fans? And why was a marathon runner in China disqualified? And no, he didn't cheat. Did he cheat it. He did not cheat he at all. He circumvented he did, no, the route. No, he did He ran the entire 26.2 yeah. miles. Yeah. He rode a had, bike. Had a good time. Come on. We didn't get on a scooter or anything. We'll tell you why he did not get to uh, actually qualify for, with his time. Coming up next with Ben Woods after a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? (laughs) How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. Do you know you can listen to 97.3 The Fan with your smart speaker? 
ask your device to play 97 through the fan to give it a shot. Do you have a smart speaker, Woods? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shelly has, a, like, an addiction. I, I feel like we, she must have seven of them around the house. Oh, yeah, we have a few. Like a bigger one, smaller one, portable ones, smart speakers all over the place. My kids, are, my kids yeah. are great with them, too. My beau will say, hey, Alexa, play this. And it... Hey Alexa, start timer. Like it's so funny. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can I've got do that. the Amazon plugs and Amazon smart bulbs throughout the house. I can say, Hey Alexa, turn on the ceiling lights. Ooh, I like that. Hey Alexa, turn off the lights. I like that a lot. Uh, take, you, you can plug your TV into the smart plug, and then you can just say, Hey Alexa, turn off the TV. Hey Alexa, get my wife in the mood. Mm. Hey Woods, give us our first don't do this story. Bro, this is one <laughs> of the weirder, uh, sad stories that you'll hear. Three Kansas City Chiefs fans were found frozen to death in the backyard of their buddy's home. They had all gathered to watch the last regular season game against the Chargers. Mm. Um, the homeowner is saying, I had no idea they were back. Three guys in his he yard. Had no he idea. said he had no idea. What do you he, mean? They had no idea. He were said, they over to watch the game? They were over to watch the game, and then they left, and they didn't leave. And they froze to death in his backyard, Ben. The, the temperatures that day plummeted uh, below freezing. Okay, so... I'm trying to picture what happened here. All right, they're over watching the game. Yep. Probably have some beverages. I would imagine. The three walk out. Yep. The guy who owns the house thinks they must oh, they must have gone home. Yeah. And I, then I, I, he's so, probably a little toasted. He falls asleep. So a couple days go by wakes and their up cars, the next day. Yeah. Their cars are still there, but he said to the police, he's been apparently very cooperative. He said it's not uncommon for these dudes to leave their cars here at all. Get so an Uber, or get an lift. Uber, and, yeah. and, and get out of there. He said they had they were hanging out in the game on Sunday. People were searching for these guys still on Tuesday, and they were frozen to death in his backyard. But now, all three of them, three of like, them, dude, not, not one of them. No, that's weird. I mean, it's I can so I can see weird. one of them walks passes out outside. You didn't know he's there. Tragic. Yeah. But all three of them, not three. one of them, like at, at any point said, hey, guys, should we go in? we're dying out here. Right. We should probably go inside. So the attorney representing the homeowner said his client had no idea his friends were dead until police knocked on his door. Said his client was sleeping with headphones on next to a loud fan when people came looking for his friends. He didn't see a message from one of the wives until after police contacted. If, if this is truly an accident, it is one of the weirder accidents of all time it of is. all time and if it's not an accident yeah if it's not okay that's the other question what, how did he how, get them all out there to freeze to death what did he kill them with? why is he murdering three <laughs> friends of his that just came over to watch a football game it is it's horrifically wow. sad and again like i said if it's an accident man it is just one of the weirder weirder accidents i've ever heard of I in mean, my it's, life they it's froze horrible. to death this feels like an episode of one of those like yeah crime dramas. No doubt. Like, okay, like true you need, detective. You need some like monk to come in and figure out yeah. what happened in this case because it's that's really weird. Very, very, very sad story. Really weird. This one's a little more lighthearted, but um, hey, if I'm going to run a marathon, I'd like to at least you know get it to count. But uh, a Chinese marathon runner competing in the Xiamen Marathon earlier this month was disqualified despite. Running the entire 26.2 miles, did it uh, all the way through, finished in three hours and 30 minutes, which is pretty good time considering 52 years old. Wow. But. What was his name again? His name was Uncle Chen is what he's known by. Uncle Chen. At least locally. I don't know his his official name, but they call him Uncle Chen. And apparently he's done this before. Uh, The entire race, 
he was chain smoking the entire way. Just one after another for the entire three and a half hours as he is running quite quickly the 26.2 miles. Now, the Chinese Athletics Association, though, had implemented a new rule last year that you are not allowed to smoke during the race. Apparently, they thought it interrupted other you know runners who were around you you didn't want to subject other people to your cigarette smoke because he had done this before so they banned the guy smoking runs and smokes heaters the whole he time he runs entire <laughs> race just just lighting one off the other off the other the entire three and a half hours i can't even imagine now i they also implemented a couple of other rules there's no trampling on flower beds or green spaces okay and there's no open defecation allowed during the race either I don't know if anyone was running and doing that the entire way. Just pant- holding their pants and running at the same time. <laughs> Open. Def- Open. Defecation. I mean, it is known that marathon runners yeah. occasionally have some accidents. Oh, I had a buddy. That's closed, though. This would be open is not... You did. I had a buddy that uh, was tra- he trained his ass off for the Chicago oh, Marathon. No. Trained his ass off oh, for it. No. Gets there, gets about 17 miles in, and had to had to peel off and run into like a business because he said it was, it was, it was imminent, imminent, like it was happening. And uh, he said oh. he, he said once he sat down and did his business, he couldn't get back up and get going again. So he had to bang I, it. So I, I'm not a runner. I, I know they do carbo loading, <laughs> yeah. though, before. So there's obviously yeah. stuff in the system, and you're also agitating it by yeah. running <laughs> for a long time. I can see how that could be an issue. Yeah, you would feel like an empty stomach is best, but you need the fuel right. to get you there. So they do those goo packs a lot, you know, and instead. Of, I don't know that they sit down and eat a giant bowl of... You know, mastacholi or something, like big, you know, baked lasagna to carbo load before, but I mean, chili dogs, chili dogs, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They go Joey Chestnut before it. The fa- I cannot get the image out of my mind of this guy running fast and just <clears throat> smoking heaters the entire. I mean, are you way. healthy or not healthy? Are you a Great healthy question. person or not a healthy person? I just ran a marathon in three and a half hours. And I smoked a pack of cigarettes. Probably like two or three over that course of three and a half hours. Imagine running next to the guy. You're like, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I'll drop back a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I'm. That's it, Uncle what? Chen, Uncle he's Chen. A, he's amazing. All right, for uh, do do this. D D Mega Doo Doo. It really depends on how you look at this. Uh, this odd we got. Some people might say, "Oh, he's got a point here." Some people, like our pal Skip Schumacher, may say, "What have I gotten myself into?" <laughs> Here's Gabe Kapler, uh, just arriving in, in Florida, and uh, decided to post a little video online. It was uh, Making the Rounds. Life Hacks Life with Gabe yes, Kapler. Life Hacks with Gabe Kapler. Check this out. If you're trying to decide whether you're going to walk somewhere, or Uber, or drive, oh, and no. Google Maps says it's going to take you 10 minutes via car, it's probably about right. But if it tells you it's going to take 15 or 17 minutes to walk that same distance, it could be wrong. All you have to do is walk fast, and maybe you're cutting that down by three, four minutes. So don't let that make you get in the car. Just walk faster. He won 107 games as manager of the San Francisco Giants with strategies like, hey, if we walk faster than the average person, we can beat the Google time that's estimated for us to get to our destination. That's his life hack. 
If it says it's going to take you 15 minutes to walk somewhere, but walk if you faster. walk faster, you might get there in 13 minutes. <laughs> I so why this. drive if the drive is going to take you nine? You might as well walk in 13. I will, I mean, it's, I will say good, this. It's good, healthy advice. I will say this. When I put in an address on Waze and it says, you know, 70 minutes, I do get a little bit of delight. But when I'm driving, I get a, actually a really big delight by cutting about seven minutes off that because I drive pretty fast. So... I look down and I go, oh, yeah. Now, again, circumstances on the road change from time to time, certainly, and accidents clear up or whatever. Roads open up. But I get a little joy by shaving some time off there. Um, I think I may do this now. I think I may look and see when I'm walking uh, if I can shave some time off. I like to see this as well. So spring training next month, if we drive to Peoria, 5 hours, 18 minutes. If we take a train one day... And if we walk, five days. Michael has already said in the chat that there is a uh, Greyhound bus uh, fare for $45 each. He said one way for me. He said one way. So, uh, yeah, that could be the next. So it's $45. If we all drive together, it's about a tank of gas, which right now is probably a little more. It's like $60 to $70, though. We'd actually be paying way more if we went on the bus and each had to pay bus fare. Yeah, for sure. Than just driving in one car. Is yeah. that a problem with public transportation that it's it should be you should make it really cheap to encourage people to do so. It's not you're not saving enough money on the bus yeah, and the 90, extra time and inconvenience. $90 round trip ish. And for the three of us, so that would end up being 270 We can get there and back for a lot less yeah. by taking our own cars on a tank of gas. I mean, it's like we got an Airbnb for the three of us, and that was significantly cheaper than three than hotel. hotel rooms. Oh, yeah. At you know two twenty a night or something, we paid two fifty a night for yeah, the whole we house. Get, we get no credit for that. I'm sure here with the uh, we're saving you guys money left and right over here. I don't know. I don't understand the uh, the nickel and diming that's going on, but <laughs> I'm sure I'll get called in to talk about it. Can't wait to present my case. <laughs> Expense court. The Honorable Judge Adam Klug presiding. You <laughs> 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 saw the video of that guy that jumped over the thing at the judge? That's going to be me at expense court very soon. Very soon. Hey, did you really need extra fries? I'll lose my mind. He's going to be the Witness death of me. Witness testimony. He's going to be the death of me. You know that. He's going to be the death of me. My heart's going to explode. Because of an expense. Well, if he's not the death of you, your children will be at some point. Oh yeah. And uh, teased it earlier. Yeah. Bo asked you a. He asked you. He asked you the question. It's the question. He's the he, question. He's not quite six. Usually, it's the question you get when they're around maybe ten or so. But he asked it at five. Five. Yep. Where do they come from? Mm-hmm. How did I get here? How are they made? I, I can't wait to hear. I cannot you. tell I, you. I really am curious as to what you said to I, Bo. I cannot tell you. How I know I'm what a lot of parents would say. There's a mysterious bird. Yeah, the stork. He's but you're he's a little an old, bit different. He's an old. He's I'm, I'm different, different, and he's an old soul. Well, let's talk about this. I can't the wait. stork. How is that going to serve anyone later in life? Right. How's that work? All right, we'll talk about it coming up next. Ben Woods, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I'm still laughing at Uncle Chen running the marathon, blasting heaters the whole way. It just, it delights me. I don't know why. Diesel in the chat says, imagine being the guy that gets passed by Unc smoking a Marlboro Red as you're running a marathon. It's just incredible. I can't get the, the, the visual out of my head of him doing that. And the fact that he completed it and then got, imagine running it, smoking all those cigarettes, and then they tell you your time doesn't count. It's the contradiction of healthy and unhealthy right. that I think is fascinating. It's like... It's like swimming laps, but every time you get there, you down a quick cheeseburger. You have a chicken nugget box <laughs> at the end, and you dip some, and then you hit another lap, and then I'd probably work out a lot more if that was the if that was the deal. Are you doing more good or harm? I don't know. Isn't it just doesn't just even out all that work? I for... can't give up smoking, so how am I going to offset it? Well, if I'm run. running a marathon while I smoke. Yeah. Then we're probably uh, mitigating the damage that the smoking is doing. It's just incredible. An incredible, incredible story about Uncle Jen. Uh, I can't get enough. A little bit of uh, head coaching news in the NFL. The Tennessee Titans are reportedly finalizing a contract named Brian Callahan as their new head coach. Woods, can you tell us about Brian Callahan? He it was the Bengals OC, is that Correct. right? Yeah. yeah, very good. And uh, well, Bo is a big Bengals fan, as you know, and uh, watched, you know, stopped down and watched a lot of Bengals games this year. And, uh, you know, I saw the, the tweet yesterday from somebody that said, well, any coordinator in his first job, you're, you're basically taking it. Everybody needs a start, right? He said, but I mean, Mike Vrabel was a pretty good coach. Yeah, like it just it, it it can't it feels like it, a downgrade. It feels it, it like does. a downgrade. It may be an upgrade. Who knows? Time will tell. Everybody needs a start, right? Everybody Bill Belichick had a O and O record at one point. And, you know, <laughs> Sometimes guys get other chances, and, and that's a Joe Torrey was a, not a great manager with the Braves. You know, had had they not taken a chance on him for the Yankees, you know, who knows yeah. what would have happened. Sean McVay. Sean McVay. I mean, they were all unknowns at one point. Yeah. And maybe he'll be a great coach. I didn't realize his dad 
is Bill Callahan, oh, who yeah. you might remember from an unimpressive stint as Raiders yeah. head coach back in the day. Didn't, Massively unimpressive. Didn't realize that. Uh, also, I saw a report, and I don't know how tight this guy's information. It was an NFL uh, former Yahoo reporter, I think, said that Jim Harbaugh's leaning toward the Chargers yeah, job. I saw He's his, definitely going back for a second interview this week. And his wife's coming in, yeah. I, I read. They're doing the whole, you know, the, the whole thing of not letting him leave the building until he signs. Uh, situation there, so you may your worst nightmares may be realized. But you know, again, we'll see what happens. Uh, they're they're they have major cap issues. Um, it may not be the best opportunity out there. But that, that's why you got a quarterback. I so. mean, Jim Harbaugh obviously has a number of different jobs he can choose from. He's interviewed yeah. twice in Atlanta. He's met with other teams. It feels like there's a lot of red flags on the Chargers' job. There's the one white, you know, the white flag is is Justin Herbert. Sure. That's very exciting, I'm sure, to have a quarterback in place. But everything else with that organization is red flag, red flag, red flag. Cap, ownership, fan base, situation in Los Angeles. There's a lot of things that are, is out of your control as a head coach that you may not be able to change. But I'll tell you, though, I mean, you get a uh, head coach like that, a huge, huge name, Ben, that you really haven't had in a long, long, long time. Um, that can certainly help drum up some interest for your team. That's it's it's the Chargers hater, it's the Charger haters' worst nightmare. I think to get Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I guess you can evaluate it this way: Which coach do I least want the Chargers to hire? Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, which there means you go. that's probably, that's probably the, right. the best way that they should go. And yeah. if they go a different direction, I'll be happy. Which means that's probably a mistake. Yeah. That the Chargers would hire someone else at this point. So, and I, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday uh, about the Bills situation. You know what I did not realize about the Bills situation? Do you know the cap hit they're going to take on Josh Allen this year, this upcoming season, is like forty-seven million dollars or something? So it's He's going, going to his seventh year now. It's so going to get no more discount. No more seventeen million. It's going to be much harder I, for them. I, and I want to get to your Bo story, and we got a couple minutes here. But I heard the I heard the amazing comparison: Josh Allen versus Peyton Manning. Yeah. After six years, if you look at their stats side by side, Josh Allen wins pretty much every single comparison: wins, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, playoff wins, playoff record. Josh Allen has had a better first six years of his career, numbers wise. Versus numbers wise, versus Peyton Manning, who didn't win the Super Bowl until his eighth season, and everyone's going, I don't know, is Josh Allen the guy or not? It's too early to really evaluate. Josh Allen could still go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time if he yeah. ends up winning a couple, you know, and continuing to put up these numbers. He goes into the Hall of Fame pantheon, or. He ends up more like kind of Philip Rivers as the guy who, you know, gets close. Put some numbers, got close, yeah, but never numbers, can get over numbers. the hump in the playoffs. It was a little extreme, but somebody in our chat yesterday, for, forgive me, I don't remember who it was, but they wrote, Josh Allen needs to demand a trade. Dude was balling on Sunday night and got screwed over by his defense, his kicker, his, wide his receiver. guards, his wide receivers. <laughs> like, he did all he could. Now, he, yeah, it, I mean, look, and, and he even said it after. Like, this isn't on the kicker at all. It's not. We should have never been in that position. He missed. I mean, he missed on that, that last drive. He missed a couple of throws that he makes in his sleep. And, uh, you know, it's it, truly a team game. I mean, 
truly, truly, truly a team game uh, football is. And, you know, certainly comes down to the kicker and, and he's going to wear the brunt of that. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's his. Josh Allen played a really nice game. He did. But he, he did not make plays when they needed him to the most. And neither did Diggs and, and some of the other players. So, uh, But it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. He does seem like the kind of guy that would say, I ju- he, he said it, I just want to win. Like, I want to win a Super Bowl. But they're going to get banged really, really hard uh, with his cap hit next year. So it's going to make it tougher to get other guys. They're so, going to have to have a really good draft. So your five-year-old came up to you yesterday uh-huh. and asked the question. The yeah, question. The question. Where do babies come from? So right? we were uh, laying in bed. Shot, you know, showers were done, all that. I'll, I'll fill you in after traffic, Betty. All right. Now, my boys are 20 and 18. Yep. And they never asked me that question. Never once. I don't know. Maybe they asked their mom at some point. I wasn't, I was at work. Maybe they figured it out themselves at some point on the internet. Maybe they still don't know the answer to that question. I'm not sure. So I'm, <laughs> how old are your kids? 20 and 18. Okay. I'm 33. You know the you answer guys are to that 48. question. Yeah. I'm kind of in between. I'm saying I'm in between your kids' age and your guys' age. I never had the talk. I never asked the question. Kind of just learned it. I mean, usually like in high school, like health class. Oh, we had it in like fifth or sixth grade. They they tackle that subject, and you don't necessarily need to answer that as a parent anymore. Well, so but they have not tackled that at uh, kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, no, no, haven't gotten to that part yet. Preschool either. Yeah, Um, but we're laying in bed last night, and it was all done. And you know, they get. About thirty minutes of cuddle time after bath to kind of decompress and trying to you know try to keep them off their feet running around beating the crap out of each other and and there's a movie on TV it's Parenthood with Steve Martin, great great movie Jason Robarts brilliant brilliant movie if you're a parent even if you're not but you watch that and go like rated R not an issue in your home is it rated R I believe so I don't, there's no way look it up Paulie Let's see if it's rated R Parenthood I don't think it's rated R there's no nudity or anything in that in that movie I think it's PG. PG-13. PG 13. 13. All right. Well, 1989. I mean, so it's on TV, and uh, we're just kind of sitting there as a family, all four of us, and Steve Martin's wife walks in, and she goes, I'm pregnant, and he just loses his mind because he quit his job. His world's crumbling, <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, this is going to be my fourth child. It's too much. And uh, and he's like, you know, they're talking about it, and all of a sudden Bo looks at me and goes, where did how does she get pregnant? What what where do babe where did I come from? Where did babies come from? And I I just froze. <laughs> I froze. And I just go, uh, what? And I looked over at Hannah and I go, You want to handle this one? She's like, No. And I don't want you to either. <laughs> and then Hannah said, They come from when um Two people love each other very much. And I thought in my mind, well, now we're lying to them. That's not always the case. It's, you know, I'd say, I'd say, I don't know, less than 50% of the time. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are on that. But I Love's said, not a prerequisite. It's not a prerequisite at all. And so I just kind of, um, I kind of panicked. Not kind of panicked. I panicked. <laughs> I'm very open and honest with them. You are. I've, I've had is remarkably so. I've had for a five year old. I have sat him down and I've told him about you know uh, the dangers of people, like like real honest conversations of like, hey man, watch your back. Like there are people out there that I didn't know were capable of doing creepy things. I'm open with him. I'm honest with him. I'm always gonna be. He, you know, I've told him, hey, I wasn't always the best person. I didn't always do make the right choices. 
I know I harp on you to make the right choices. I made a billion of the wrong choices. I shouldn't be here right now. I'm op- I'm always going to be. I'm never going to hide anything from him like that. I thought the pregnancy conversation, even for me, was a little bit, a little bit much. And I didn't know how to answer it, you know. And I think he's probably too young for that one. You know, I did, I did exercise some uh, discretion and says, well, here's what happens. So, you know, the mood is right and a little light kissing and heavy petting. And, yeah, a couple of margaritas in you. And, uh, and you know, our, our decisions to – You could have gone clinical. The egg gets fertilized by the sperm. By the sperm. Yeah, and then you get the, well, what's sperm? Where does that come from? Why don't I – where do I see it? Where do I get it? It's just the questions never end. But I was I was panicked. I mean, straight up. And I nuts. Yeah, I. (laughs) 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 What a drop! (laughs) What a drop! What a drop. I was waiting. I was oh, waiting. I, I was like, I think I'm going to get an opportunity here. I didn't know it was going to be that perfect, but I knew I would have a chance. Oh. <laughs> 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 Side that was the greatest oh, that drop. That was the greatest drop in the show history. <laughs> timing. Right there. Most timing. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You can't teach that, Paul. You can't teach that. That's instincts right there. Oh, that was man. not planned. <laughs> no plan at all for that. <laughs> and while clinically, yes, that is the truth, I just don't. I just don't know. I don't know what's how to go on, and I don't. If he asks me again, I don't, already knows where they come from. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to say. Did you never like? You never thought I'm going to take it upon myself? No. To to make sure. No. Did you talk about no. protection or anything? No. Nothing. You just sent them off into the That's wild. That's why they have a mother. <laughs> Holy cow, dude. Um, yeah. So it was a it was a weird one. And I I just hope that the issue is dead at this point. It's not brought back up again, because I would like to I'd like to postpone this one for as as long as I can. This is really it's the most uncomfortable question. I mean, he asked two days ago. He's like, Dada, you know who's God and and this and that. I was way more comfortable answering <laughs> that question than I was of where did I come from. And I you know I was like, well, your mom and I love each other very much, and we decided to do this and. It was, it was, it's excruciating, excruciating question to be asked. And I'm, it's hard to like, it's hard to stun me. You know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Both of your children were pretty planned. Oh yeah. yeah. So were mine. No happy accidents. No, 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 no accidents. That was incredible. (sighs) I just needed to, yeah, distract him. Just distract them. La, 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 la. How about a magic trick? Hey, watch me pull this quarter from behind your ear. Just tickle him. That's terrible, dude. You hear about Uncle Chen? We'll come back. Go to Woods on the fan. 
My friends, on a uh, Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024, Ben and Woods 97.3, the fan. I woke up at 1.30 this morning, and I looked at my, my phone, and it popped in my head. I go, oh, Saturday, thank God. <laughs> I thought it was Saturday. And then the realization that it wasn't Saturday, it was, in fact, Tuesday. Oh, I can see you man, on Friday, oh. maybe thank you, it's Saturday, Tuesday. I go, I go oh. Oof. Actually, I woke up at like 4 a.m. thinking, I'm, I don't work today, do I? No, so yeah. I was yeah. probably doing the same thing, actually. Just a, a, bit, uh, a bit all over the place. Uh, I'm Woodsy. <laughs> that's Paul Rindo, the executive producer. Ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports Paul, the king of timing over there, but not the king of the poker face. Because in our YouTube chat, if you're watching on our stream... Uh, Yeti, other people are going, they could see Paul like <laughs> plotting over there, you like waiting the for the moment... Yeah. That he could hit that drop. Let me of tell you Bo about Woods in our last I told, segment. I told you, I knew I would have an opportunity for that drop. I didn't know it would work out. Let me tell you that perfect. Let me tell you about this kid over here to our right, Benjamin. So, you know, obviously we're a show that uh, you know it's the three of us. Everybody has their strengths. Everybody has their weaknesses. But together, it's been uh, wildly successful, far beyond our our wildest dreams. Um, you know, we can manage the show when Ben's out. You can manage the show when I'm out. We can manage the show when Paulie's out. Nobody likes to do it for any extended period of time because we are, in fact, better together always. Uh, we just are. It just uh, uh, it works. And I was very, very proud and pleased as punch for our little Paulie yesterday because um, he got when we were at, at fantasy camp, he got a uh, call from the big, big boss in L.A. And he said, hey, I uh, really appreciate what you've done for the guys. Like higher than Michael. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Big, big boss. Like regional guy. And he calls Paulie and he says, I really appreciate what you've done for the guys. I I watch your YouTube feed. It's spectacular. I need you to run a training for all the shows in L.A. So Paulie yesterday, so he gets off this show, has to go home, do a Zoom with Adam, do a Zoom with a couple of our salespeople, and then jumps on another Zoom and gets the entire Odyssey L.A. crew up to speed on how to do YouTube, why to do YouTube, the best way to do YouTube. It was the morning show up in L.A., and I believe they're engineers and guys like that. Yep, and so he's getting them locked in. And it's funny. I mean, you know, you, now, that's got to stick in their craw a little bit. A little LA, bit. Yeah. LA, LA is never the number, thinks they have anything to learn from San Diego. They are the number two radio market in the, the country. And it's, it actually, that's what I said to Paulie. I go, I'm actually surprised 
with all the talent that they have up there and all the brain power. And Paulie, by the way, brought this YouTube thing to the, the show and said, let's do it, man. And I said, oh, God. Like I already get fat and I'm on the I already get called fat and I'm on the radio. Imagine how bad it's gonna be on YouTube. I said, You're right though. We need to you know, we need to take the next step. And uh anything that helps get 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 it out there is great. That's what you wanna do. I'm not a I don't like the promotion very much. I just like to come in and do the work, but I also understand the need for it. And um so Polly really spearheaded the whole thing and learned by himself. No help from me. Zero. Zero help from you. None. Like, we had, we didn't even have any input. He didn't ask us for our input. We didn't want him to ask us for our input. He just took the bull by the horns and created this YouTube community, uh, and it's been remarkable. And it's now on our station, you know, and now other stations around, you see them are all doing it as well. Uh, we've got a little trailblazer over there. And for that, I'm going to award you all of my Odyssey points that I have on our Odyssey points website. You can have them all. I, you, you know, I'm going to give them mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's double that up. Makes sense. Give them some Odyssey points. But you got to, he had the, the whole LA office there hanging on every word. One guy wants to come down and shadow him for a day, which is just <laughs> spectacular. Uh, so well done, Paulie. Proud of you. Um, are we worried that they're going to promote him? But yeah, I think that's like a regional. Yes, the answer is yes. Video streaming supervisor Correct. for all of Odyssey, like West Coast yes. operations. I mean, the answer is unequivocally yes. Yeah. I'm very afraid of and that. And he deserve it too. 100. percent And we can't stand in his way. No, we'd be... I'd like to think he could still produce this show. Yeah, I would. But... I would too. But he, I mean, does the guy want to work 18 hours a day? It's no. That's why he works yeah. in morning radio. You know. So <laughs> I. Uh, I was very proud of you, man. You've really done a great job with this, and our YouTube community is growing every single day. If you haven't subscribed, please go do that. Give us a like on there, and um, you know it's just been it's been cool to watch. And and you know, initiative is something you can't teach. You know, want to is something you can't teach. The drive to be better and the drive to make the product better. That's why we are Ben and I are the most fortunate guys in this business because we have a guy. We don't. I don't have to be like, let's go, dude. Let's figure out this YouTube. Like he came to us with it. I mean, he had to convince me to do it, and uh, and now you know it's it's taken on a life of its own. So now you're going to see you've already seen a lot of copycats uh, in the market. You're going to see a lot of copycats in the company. So, but no, I mean, if if they want to promote him, you still have to produce the show. That's that's a no brainer. Tony asks, why do you guys have to be affiliated with L.A. radio stations? Well, it's, it's like the Padres are affiliated with League the baseball. Dodgers, right. and that there are. Obviously, franchises in other cities, and in radio, there are there are stations in other cities, and they happen to be under the same umbrella. Sure. But you know that that's how it works. It's very similar, actually, in terms of kind of the they think of us as the little brother. Yeah, you know. Oh well, I mean, you're doing well for San Diego, right? But, we always, you know, that. it's not Los Angeles. You're not in the big market. I mean, how would you do up in the big market? Very similar, actually, dynamic the, as, for the baseball team. As yeah. for the baseball team, yeah, you're, abs- sure. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's but- totally undeserved. Their 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 smug arrogance for working in Los Angeles because we're doing good work in San Diego, yeah. radio, television, the same sort of thing, but they always look down on us well, when you're a smaller as, market. As far as the sports guys go, I just say, well, cool. I mean, you guys have 50 teams you can pull from for content. We essentially have two, you know, um, and and with some outliers here and there, but, um, you know, it's it's not that hard to do sports radio in L.A. It's way harder <laughs> to do sports radio in San Diego. Way, way. It's way, way harder, but well done, Paulie. 
very proud of you. Uh, it's a big, big deal. And uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure that, um, you know, it's it's good. You make a name for yourself in the in the company and and uh, we'll see what happens. Now, the, the only thing, the risk that you run is <clears throat> them coming to you all the time right. and wearing you out about stuff without actually, you know, promoting you. They just say, well, we want you to do this. Not going to be any extra money in it. Great exposure for you, though. Right. Love the exposure. Nothing extra in it? I mean, I, you know, it's not really part of your job responsibilities. Did you at least get a hearty thank you, pat on the back, something? Oh, yeah. yeah. Gift certificate? <laughs> Which sometimes. Odyssey points from Odyssey YouTube. points from Odyssey us. Points from yeah. us. <laughs> and it's, hey, listen, sometimes that's all you need is a pat on the back. I mean, money is great, too, but uh, sometimes a pat on the back goes a long no, way. No, I mean, again, it's, it's now become a part of my job, at least for our show. And I have no problem with that. And uh, Adam actually was the one that reached out to me when we were at fantasy camp last week. And he just said, hey, you should be getting an email from so-and-so. They would love to have you jump on a meeting next week. It's a great opportunity for you to just kind of flex your muscle and show them all of the uh, great work that you guys have been doing. Now, Alex says in the chat that I'm always trying to make Polly feel bad for leaving us. I don't think that's the case. I I don't get that. I've told Polly many times, bro... If you, there's something that you need to do, we only had those conversations uh, every day for the first eight months of last year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like if there's a way that we can, my goal has never been to keep Polly here under our thumb for the next ten years. I don't even want to do this for ten more years. So I don't. My my job is to pr- get Polly more, 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 more money, more everything. That's that's my job to do. So if that's the if that's what you're if you reading, love something. You have to let it go. Yeah, but then it if free. it comes back to you, then it truly belongs to you. I think even Paulie knows. Like once you go, you go. Right? You can't come back. Right? You can always go home again. I mean, not always. There's not in of, this weird. Business. There's a lot of expressions. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how appropriate any of them are for this situation. I mean, but I, the best call I could ever. It's like Ben Affleck. Right? <laughs> Every day I come to your house, and I hope. That you're not there. That's what I dream for Paulie. And he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I got a job making 250 a year, bro. And I'll be like, I'd be the happiest. Guy. But the only thing I would say is you make sure your replacement is up to speed. That's the only thing. That poor guy, whoever that guy, if, if, that, if there ever is a guy, I feel terrible. But for I him. will say, it, all the training in the world, you can't. Replace instincts like like Polly just had putting that, that drop in right there. That's yeah. instincts, and nice. Polly has them. Yeah, it was Polly absolutely incredible. incredible. Uh, you like dessert out there? I love dessert. It's uh, it's a big day for desserts. In fact, I believe this is one of your favorite desserts. It's International Sticky Toffee Pudding Day. Oh, I love it. Isn't that one of your favorites? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's also National Rhubarb Pie Day, and I enjoy rhubarb pie. Rhubarb. <laughs> Do you like rhubarb pie? No. <laughs> you don't? No. Why not? It's got that sour, kind of sweet, sour thing going. All right. I'm, I think I'm talking out of my ass. I don't even know that I've ever had it. <laughs> <laughs> if I think about it, I don't think I've ever had rhubarb pie. I feel pie. like um, you can get, especially like a strawberry rhubarb pie where they mix it together. Uh, I have had really strawberry have Really rhubarb. good combination. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it has to be made well, but I... Tanginess of rhubarb and a sour sweet tart. combination tart, yeah, with the sweet. It's good. I like rhubarb pie. It feels oh, save that. <laughs> I knew it was coming at some yes. point. It feels like an old man's dessert, does it not? Yeah, yeah. Rhubarb, butterscotch, butterscotch rhubarb pie, rhubarb. sticky toffee, bro. Sticky toffee and creme brulee. 
If I'm on my deathbed, just co- <laughs> cover me in it. Just smear it all over me. I could eat my way out of an entire bathtub full of sticky toffee pudding or creme brulee. It's funny. You make fun of butterscotch. I know. But sticky toffee, creme brulee, it's, it's the burnt sugar yeah. dessert. Oh, so it's a good, good. flavor. It's no so doubt tasty. about it in the dessert. So, so tasty. Yeah. Uh, I have not had rhubarb pie in a long time, though. Is it where do you get good rhubarb pie in San Diego? I don't go to Julian. I don't. Is it just know. Apple up there? I have no idea. Where do you find rhubarb pie around here? I, I have no idea. All right, uh, the newest one of the newest members of the Padres, apparently a pretty big fan of AJ Preller, want to get into some comments that Michael King made to the New York Post about his new general manager and the deal with Juan Soto. Uh, we can talk about that coming up. Uh, we got Rindle Report. We've got some Doobie Brothers tickets to give away as well, all coming up here in the second half of Ben and Woods. Do not go away. We'll check traffic. Be right back with more here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. man in the uh, chat, Benjamin, keeping it real, said, man, we're here talking about Michael King's quotes to the New York Post. I said, my friend, you cannot get blood from a stone. <laughs> you can't talk about moves that have not been made. You know they're going to be made by the San Diego Padres. You know they will. They just haven't happened yet. You know, so we wait. We wait. We try to be patient. We try to be positive and upbeat. I mean, I would say the odds are pretty low that they roll out with a 22-man roster. I would say they're extremely low. Extremely, extremely low. You just don't know what it's going to look like. Well, you haven't heard what we're saying about Michael King's comments yet either. Because I may surprise you with my take. So yesterday, Michael King uh, was quoted in the New York Post. I said, Michael King called Juan Soto one of the top three players in the game right now, but... The former Yankees right-hander, who was among the group dealt to San Diego in exchange for the superstar outfielder in December, believes his new team got the better of the deal. Quote, I continue to praise A.J. Preller and be confident in saying, I feel like the Padres won the trade. King said by phone from San Diego on Monday, I feel like the talent we've gotten, I was shocked to see the Yankees part with that many people. Obviously, it's Juan Soto, so you have to give up a big package, but I was pumped to see who was coming with me to San Diego. I know they're going to contribute this year and for years to come. Hard to uh, <clears throat> it's hard to judge a trade uh, on the day that it happens. Uh, actually, it's quite impossible to judge a trade on the day that it happens. Uh, many times we've thought we've fleeced a team, and turns out we didn't. Many times we felt like we got fleeced, and turns out we didn't. Um, so I, I think, you know, time will certainly tell. The fact that Juan Soto, you know, still is only a Yankee for a year, uh, is, is, I think Michael King's right in that respect. You got a good number of, of pretty dynamic electric arms back for a guy that is a, a one year rental. Now, Juan Soto's presence in the lineup uh, is going to be missed and it needs to be, you need to find a way. You're never going to replace it, you know, but you need to find a way to, um, 
to round out what you have right now. And I feel like I feel like I I would feel better about all of it if the outfield was set and you knew who was going to be the DH in the first baseman. Then you look at it and go, yeah, hell yeah, I'll take my chances with this trade. Well, I, you're absolutely right. You can't evaluate a trade just. You know, before anybody's taking the field. A trade like this, though, you can't even evaluate it after this season. Correct. There's so many factors that go into it that we don't even, we don't even know the permutations. Would Juan Soto have ever re-signed with the Padres? Will he re-sign with the Yankees? And then what do some of the players that the Padres got, like Drew Thorpe, what are they doing for the next six years right. under Padres control? Right. All factored into whether the Padres did well or did not do well in the Juan Soto trade. So anything beyond that is just guesswork and speculation. But when it, Now, it's cool that he feels good about that because he knows these arms, he knows what they're capable yes. of, he knows this, you know. But let's be honest here. What What's the situation? Michael King obviously was covered by the New York Post with the Yankees, and they said, hey, you mind we chat with you just for a second, yeah. catch up, get your thoughts on things. So he's going to be asked... You know, what are your feelings on the trade? What are his options? I love it. I hate it. First option, yeah, man, I can't believe the Yankees got Juan Soto for the group of stiffs that the Padres got. I mean, I suck. I think the other guys that, you know, they they got sucked. He's not going to say that. Clearly, that's not an option. So then you could just say nothing. Like, yeah, it's trade. We'll see what happens. See what happens. you could say that, but that's not really participating in the interview, which leaves you with really one take, and it's not necessarily wrong. It's not necessarily right, but he's taken the path of, I'm really excited about the package that the Padres got that was coming along with me. I really like these guys. They were good teammates. They're good arms, and like anyone, I can envision a scenario where the Padres did really well in this trade. Lots of controllable years, controllable arms in exchange for one season of one hitter. It's probably going to be a really good season, but there's more value in many seasons with all of these arms. I think they did outstanding in the trade. It's more than defensible. It's more than valid. Why wouldn't you say that if you were Michael King and you're talking to the New York Post? It's the most logical answer to give. It makes your new boss look good, feel good. You praise A.J. Preller. It's always good when you're thinking, hey, I'm a free agent in two years. Maybe I want to sign an extension here. Wouldn't hurt for A.J. Preller to like me and to have good thoughts and things that I said about him. I'm going to be a good teammate. I'm going to be a good member of this organization. I'm going to say some positive things. There's no reason not to say what Michael King said to the New York Post in that interview. So... Knowing that, you can't give it a ton of weight and like, oh my, he must feel so passionately about this subject. He didn't have to say that. Kind of did. Kind of had to say that in in that situation. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Doesn't bother me. But it doesn't. It doesn't change my opinion of whether I think the Padres did or did not do well in this trade. We we're all on record. We think AJ Preller did pretty well considering the situation. Everybody knowing that he's trying to shed some payroll, only having one season of of control for Juan Soto left at a pretty high number, and the number of arms he got back, feels like he did pretty well. Now, if all of these guys end up underperforming, Drew Thorpe doesn't develop into a big league you know, pitcher as a top prospect, well, we'll say in a few years, man, wish they had gotten more for Juan Soto or even wish they had kept Juan Soto because they didn't get enough for him for a generational talent. But right now, I can certainly see that argument that Michael King is making. We've kind of made it ourselves. Doesn't make it right. 
doesn't make it wrong. It really is the only thing that he can say, though, in that interview, in that situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I'm really curious to see how Juan does. You know, I, I've seen some people in the chat saying, I think the expectations for Juan Soto are going to crush him. I, I don't know. I mean, he's comfortable playing on on that coast. He did it with the Nationals. Now, vastly different. Vastly different. As Goose, Goth- Goose Gossage, among many things that he told us, uh, told us about, you know, doing it doing it in New York uh, and how it was wild and, and a little bit different. And um, I, I don't know. I don't feel like the moment is going to get too big for Juan Soto uh, in New York. But I just really hope these guys all pan out and, and pitch well and help this team win some games next year, man. that's they, they were so desperate for arms. And like I said, from what I've seen and what I've read about these guys, great hole. Great, great hole. Now it remains to be seen. if This trade's never going to be even, though. You know that. Like, it's never going to be... You're not going to be able to go war for war ever. You're, it's an auto loss the minute you sign off on that deal. Why? Because there's no. I mean, Juan Soto's war is going to continue to climb. He's on his. He's on track for the Hall of Fame. But you only had one year of him. You get right, one right. year of war for Juan Soto. That's, Even if he has true. a that's nine one war year. this year, but that's you, all you traded. But you didn't tra- you, what you if didn't you resigned tra- him? What if you resigned him? You can still resign him. Yeah, you should sign him next year. That has nothing to do with this trade. It's only one year. The 2024 war for Juan Soto. Even if he has a, even if he has a 10 war season, and then what you got is the added cumulative war of Michael King, Johnny Burrito, Randy Vasquez, Drew Thorpe, Kyle Higashioka over the next two to six Six seasons that you've got all of them. There's a really good chance that when you compare those two numbers, the Padres do come out favorably in the long run on that trade. That's true. Had had you extended him or if the Yankees extend him, then it's a, a little bit different. Yes. Um, it's going to be a different way think, to look at that trade. For me, it's not so much just comparing the war of Juan Soto it's, versus the war of it's the not. players You're that right. you accumulated. It's how does the team do? Yes. yes. Because if the Padres go out and win 71 games and finish in fourth place, and then they're rebuilding again in 2025, and you think, what would the offensive look like if you kept future Hall of Fame Juan Soto in that in that lineup. Very good point. The but goal, that, that that that's the same lineup that had Juan Soto in and didn't do a damn thing. The goal you know? is not to win trades; it's to win games and championships. Yep. And if the Yankees ultimately lose the trade because you know a bunch of the guys they traded to the Padres turn out really good, but Juan Soto had a good season and helped them win a World Series this year, they win the trade. I don't know that they win the trade, but they're happy with the result. Sure. They they got what they wanted out of the trade. Doesn't mean they won it or lost it, but they got what they wanted. Maybe the Padres also get what they wanted. You hear general managers say it all the time. Not trying to win the trade. You know, good trades are the ones that help both teams. And ultimately this may be one of those. Michael a trade says, that helps both teams. Nine war and one player is always better for a team than nine war spa- spread out amongst multiple yeah, absolutely. players. Over yeah. multiple seasons. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. There are many ways to evaluate this trade. We'll see. You know, Padres need arms, needed pitching. Yeah, I would rather have five of the guys. How many of the Padres get? Four or five? Five or six guys? We'll get Grisham, too. Grisham and Soto. That's, yeah, but in terms of pitchers, they got four pitchers yep. and Kyle Higashioka. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. have four of those guys be complete flops, but Drew Thorpe turns into a Cy Young Award winner. You, that's a much better result that everyone gets like two war over the next couple of years and they're all kind of okay. You'd rather get one superstar out of the deal than a bunch of depth pieces, right? I, I understand that. 
So there, you'll be constantly reevaluating this trade as the years go on. Sure. How, how many times do we go back and forth? Well, the Padres lost the Will Myers trade. Oh, Trey Turner's hurt. They won the Will Myers trade. Oh, Will Myers stinks. They lost the Will Myers trade. Oh, it, I mean, it, it constantly evolves as time goes on, what you think about a, a trade. There are very few, oh, clearly that was a loss. The Padres trade with the Mariners for Austin Nola. That was an, an L. L. Yep. That, that one was an L. I think we can all just put that in the ledger and say that was an L trade. I hate the offseason. I do too. I do think um, Juan Soto, probably it'll be an advantage. The fact that he was traded early enough in the offseason, it's not time to adjust to get you know his mind around playing right field for the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium, not thrown into it in February. That'll help. I think it's going to hurt Blake Snell. Wherever he lands... The fact that he hasn't done it yet, not going to be good for him this year. He might surprise me, but my guess is that this process of free agency going to mess with him a little bit. The, the creature of habit, the routine, the fact that he can't even picture where he's going to spring training in three weeks yet is not going to be good for his preparation for next season. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we, we saw it. We saw it play out. That's You, know, you speak from experience because that's exactly what happened uh, when he got here, but... You know, also he's building off a Cy Young season that he had last year, so I'm sure his confidence is high. Ben also depends on where he goes. I mean, the the latest rumor is him to the Angels. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to be for him at all. You know, going to play for that that team and um, you know, again, big big names out there. I uh, would love to see the Padres make some moves to improve this roster sooner than later. Getting a lot of comments. Um on the chat. I'd love to hear what you have to say. If you want to call in, we can open the phone lines for our next segment here. 833-288-0973. Your thoughts on what Michael King had to say about the the Juan Soto trade, the Padres return. Uh, your thoughts about what we had to say about the bullpen of the Padres earlier as well. We can come back to that. Give us a call. 833-288-0973. More Bennett Woods on the way on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Tune in to kick off with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti every week. Boomer and Valenti previewing all the NFL games. Analysis from Boomer. Picks from Mike. The biggest stories in the league packed into one hour. Friday nights at 7 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan. And on the free Odyssey app presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And by Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. I guess one thing you got to be a little concerned about, and there's a lot of things to be concerned about if you're a Padres fan, it's one thing for the Dodgers to be spending everybody into oblivion this offseason, but even the even some of the lesser lights are adding names. Even the Pirates yesterday signed Aroldis Chapman to their bullpen for a one-year, $1.5 million contract. He'll be gone in July. Uh, the Reds have made a number of signings this offseason, including Nick Martinez, Jimer Candelario, Frankie Montas. The Royals added both Seth Lugo and Michael Waka. Amazing. And uh, while the Padres did sign a couple of bullpen pieces from Asia, uh, I don't believe, have they signed any major league players to free agent contracts? Like with big league experience this offseason. 
signed in free agency. I guess uh, Luis Patino has some yeah. Major League Baseball experience. And one team has spent zero dollars. The Miami Marlins have not done anything. Ben, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Um, yeah, I, I. there's a lot of teams still in the market, Ben, for outfielders. That's, I think, what, what's really got everybody panicked uh, right now here in San Diego is what do you do in the outfield? I, I do still feel like it's a foregone conclusion that Jerks and Profar is here. We talked a little bit yesterday about uh, you know potential of a Jackson Merrill. You know, I don't know that he's going to break with the big club out of spring training. I just don't. I don't know that he's quite ready for that yet. I believe he is probably the most ready uh, out of all those guys, but I don't know if it's like, hey, kid, welcome to the show. You're now our starting left fielder, a position that you played a handful of games in last year, and you're hitting seventh in the order. I just don't know. Is the only reason Jerickson Profar hasn't signed yet is because he's a Scott Boris client, and Boris has it's gotta be. bigger fish to fry and usually likes to wait things out. Yeah, it's got to be. Because I agree with you. It feels like a foregone conclusion, so why hasn't it happened? Yet? Right. Jerickson, we know where this is heading. Driving the price you, down. You're not getting a ton of money from us, but ultimately you're going to end up here. Let's just skip to the end of the story and get you in and get you ready to go as opposed to having... You know, visa issues from Curacao to yeah. start spring training or anything. Like the Let's last just time, get yeah. it done now. But, you know, Scott Boris wants to get every cent he can for his clients and probably is holding out and trying to make the Padres feel a little bit of pressure, pretending so, there's a lot of interest elsewhere and building it up like, oh, no, you can't get it. I mean, you're not going to get them for nothing, man. You're right. Three weeks, Ben. Uh, three weeks remaining until pitchers and catchers report. So Major League Baseball trade rumors, top 50 free agents. There are all of these guys, uh, of the 19 guys in the top 50, six of them are represented by Scott Boris. Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, as well as J.D. Martinez and Reese Hoskins, also represents notable guys that missed the top 50, like Joey Gallo, James Paxton, he just signed uh, yesterday with the Dodgers, Hyunjin Ryu, and, of course, Jerickson Profar, who we just mentioned. So um, that's a that's an interesting number, Um that's a really interesting number of Boris Corp big names that are still sitting out there. There's no rule that says Scott Boris clients are always going to do better than other major league free agents. It's often gone that way, and he's had a lot of success as an agent with his strategies of going to free agency and waiting until late in free agency. But it's not a rule. Uh, you know, it's possible that Scott Boris has overplayed his hand on some of these clients, well, and he, he did, may not get what he was expecting. It certainly feels like he's done that with Blake Snell. He did it with Jerickson Profar. He did it with some of his guys in March of 22. They they outline March of 22. Transactions were frozen, remember, uh, and from the start of December until mid-March. He had to work out deals for Radone, which he got a bag for, Kikuchi, Ian Kennedy, Nick Castellanos, Chris Bryant, Matthew Boyd, Carlos Correa, and Zach Davies after the lockout ended. Uh, so, that yeah, those were a little bit unusual circumstances. They couldn't make moves until then. But this one, this one feels a little odd uh, right now. Six of the 19 remaining represented by Scott Boris. I'm actually surprised Nick Martinez signed. He just... Switched agents to Scott Boris and then signed with the Reds almost immediately after. There's certainly a, an aspect of saving face as well. It's I'm sure it's hard to go to a client and to say to Blake Snell, our target was eight years, 200 million plus. But now I'm telling you, yeah, all we're getting is five and all we're getting is 150. That's not a fun conversation for an agent to have. Makes you feel like you didn't 
you didn't follow through on your promises, you didn't serve your client very well. So if I'm an agent, I'm putting that conversation off as long as possible. And I keep going, be patient. We're, we're going to wait them out. We're going to get what we've, we've targeted. Don't, don't crack now. Be strong. You know, we'll be okay. And I keep saying that until ultimately, you know, the client goes, man, I got a sign somewhere. Let's take less. And I don't know if I'm Scott Boris. I ever recommend that. But at some point, don't you have to accept it that you're not going to get what you wanted? It I is mean, off season with three weeks remaining. Yeah, I'd say that the owners are doing a fairly decent job at waiting out Scott Boris as well. You know, obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what negotiations are like for many of these top players. Um, but I, again, I all you can ever do is put yourself in the the player's shoes. Now, when you sign Scott Boris, you know that this is a possibility. You know that it's not you're not going to you don't sign Scott Boris if you're like I'm ready to sign the day I, I hit agree. free free agency. I agree. So you know that going in. Plenty you're, of other good agents oh, out yeah, there. 100% that can get you a real fair market deal. You know that you're going to be in the middle of some games and you know you're going to be dangled in a few different places that you probably don't want to go and you're probably going to be used for leverage and all of that. I think that's why you hire him is because you know he's going to maximize your value. It's always it's always why I've been surprised that Blake Snell is a Scott Boris client. Because he's so he needs the familiarity. It doesn't feel like that serves him and what he wants the best. Now, you know what's all, funny? We all want as much as we possibly can for I've, the job that we're doing. I mean, if you're I don't think Scott Boris would be a particularly good agent for you. But I if think he he'd said, be great for you. Yes. I was just gonna say that. And Out of all I, of us, I agree. Boris and Ben would work together. It would be like music because Ben has no. He's like whatever. Just let me know where I need to be. Yeah, and when. And but for you, I'd I think be a wreck. Would, I think it would be harder. You'd be constantly wanting to call and ask where they're at every day, and I'd just be like, "You let me know when the deal's done, and I'll come sign it." Oh, I'm the worst in negotiations. The Yet worst. if he said Woods, and no offense to our agent Brad, great. But if Scott Boris came up to you and said Woods, I want to represent you. It'd be hard to say no to right. Scott Boris in, in that case, even if you didn't think he was a great fit for you. Yeah, I wonder right. if that's happened to Major League Baseball players. Like, I can go with anybody. Scott Boris wants me, though, so I guess i got to go with Scott Boris. Potentially, yeah. I think it's a, also you, you, you feel uh, it's safe. Like, it's a safe, definitely a safe play. And I think the dollar signs get in your eyes, and I don't blame you for that at all. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable. I wouldn't be comfortable not knowing with 21 days or whatever – Till pitchers and catchers. If I was a pitcher or a catcher, I wouldn't be super comfortable not having a team right now. I don't work that way. I can't. I'll sign a cheaper deal, and I'll tell you, I'll sign a cheaper deal to play where I want for this much money. You sign Stephen Woods, you'll get the entire forest of radio bits out there. I'd love the the puns with Scott Boris would be just the reason I signed with Malone. <laughs> it's too early for this. All right, let's check traffic. Uh, I want to get out to the phone lines. We had a couple of callers in earlier. If you want to uh, relight it, talk about the uh, Michael King comments, the Padres bullpen, Scott Boris, Blake Snell, agents, uh, baseball fans, love to hear from you this morning. 833-288-0973. Right back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. All right, 833-288-0973. You want to join us, want to talk some Padres baseball here. DJ Iverson, welcome to Ben and Woods. Good morning Hi, to you. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you guys, or good to hear you guys, man. You too, man. Uh, got some thoughts on uh, Snell. I, man, I 
I love snow. I, I would hate to see him in another uniform. I was Thank prepared you. for it. Uh, here, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we, we do one of these stupid deferred deals, man. Just say, listen. Wouldn't that be there's nice? A handful, <laughs> there's a there's a handful. Listen, there's a handful of teams out there that are on the bubble for being able to make a run. Those are the teams that you're going to want to play for. You're not going to want to be on the Angels or the Pirates or guys that are still a few years off. You you you've been this close to a championship before. Find find a bubble team, and of all the bubble teams, who are you most comfortable with? You, we still got your locker. You know the fans are going to go nuts. The fans are going to go nuts if Blake Snell is in a Padres uniform on opening day. Or figure out, you know, sit down with Boris and just say, hey, listen. This is his best chance for winning a championship. Let's make it happen. So it's a good point, DJ. But why have these players like Otani and Yamamoto and others done deferred money? Edwin Diaz did it with the Mets. Why have they done the deferred money? In each case, it's because they've gotten a number that's so high. It's been like a record. You know, $700 million for Otani, $325 million for Yamamoto, over $100 million for Diaz. And the agent and the player can trumpet, look at how much I got. Look at how well I did in free agency. And if the Padres wanted to do that with Blake Snell, I'm sure that they would listen. But then you're gonna you're talking about a number that's like two hundred and fifty million dollars. Do you really, even if it's deferred, do you really want to commit a quarter of a billion dollars? To Blake Snell in his 30s. It's easier to do that when you have billions of dollars rolling in in it the is. next decade in TV money. It's just much easier to do. It is. And and, and if you're Shohei Otani and you make $50 million a year on endorsements, you're like, yeah, I'll pay me $2 million. And remember, even the Dodgers have to set aside that money for Shohei Otani. Right. Even though they're only paying him $2 million, they still have to put... Whatever it is, forty six million to an account this year that They'll will invest earn it, double it, that will yeah. earn interest, and then they pay him the sixty eight million in ten years when when it starts to kick in. The Padres would have to do that. So let's say they defer, you know, uh, eight years, two hundred and fifty million, uh, whatever that is, thirty plus million a year. But he's only getting fourteen of that right now. Well, they're still going to have to fund about twenty four million of that and put it into an account. That's real money, and the Padres. Like it or not, we've been told there's a financial crunch because of the Bally's collapse, because of the debt service rule, Major League Baseball owner, commissioner, putting the squeeze on the Padres. Peter Seidler is no longer here. There is a crunch, and I don't know that they, even in a deferred deal, can really swing a record-type number for Blake Snell. And Again, I... I, mean, I don't cap, know that you'd want does to. Does it have to be a record number? Oh, I don't, I don't think you do a deferred deal unless it sets some sort of record. And the cap, but there, you're such still, a weird cat, you never know. You still get banged on the cap. On the, the, the you know, they're still, what are the Dodgers paying in cap for? 46. Otani? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it doesn't help you that much if you're not cash flush. You know, it just doesn't. So, I you know, I... It all sounds good, and you see a couple of those, and I warned everybody that once you saw that happening, everyone's going to say, well, just defer it. Just get a guy that's deferred. I'm, look, I'm sure they've asked. I'm sure they've asked the guys, hey, any interest in uh, that type of situation? Like, I- you just mentioned it a few minutes ago, and we've said it over and over in the past. Like Blake Snell might be the one guy in all of Major League Baseball 
that truly just values comfort and might do something well, at that's least, out of the ordinary. At least he's on, he, he's the only guy that I've ever heard be brutally honest about it to where you're like, dude, maybe don't say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, There are other guys who definitely value oh, it, but they don't talk about they don't it. Talk about like, does. Yeah, I'm just trying to get it together. I don't even know how to find the ballpark. I don't know anybody's <laughs> name. I'm like, shut up, dude. Shut up. You want to say young? Shut up. Shut up. You don't have to say this. But... He's not going to do anything weird. Boris is going to get him a bag. It's just probably not going to be for a team that he particularly is in love with. I and you know I don't know how it's going to go for him. Oh. My my guess is if you had to handicap it, let's say he signs with the Angels and he's making twenty five a year. Is he going to have a good year next year? I say no. My gut tells me no. Can you stand up to your agent and go? Oh, that's not what I want. That's not the team I go to. You can. You can. Then what? But why did you hire Scott Boris in the first place? Right. Why did you put yourself in a position? Where you've got the agent who's going to get you the biggest deal possible, and then you have to go, it's not what I wanted, dude. Hire someone else. There are plenty of agents who you tell them, I want to, I kind of want to go to this team or that team and get the best you can, and, and we'll do the deal. Just get as much as you can from one of those two or three teams. That's not Scott Morris. That's not what he does. Why would you hire him if that was your priority? I just don't see it. I, I really don't see it either, and I, I don't see... I don't see the Padres making another one of those moves for a couple of years. The the big two fifty, you know, pitcher and or anything like that. I'm I'm and I think they're pretty happy with what they have with Snelling and Lesko and those guys. And you know, listen, this is the life of a Padre fan now. This is one of those it's I hate to preach page, preach patience, and I'm not a patient person at all. But if I'm looking at it going, no, it's pretty dire. <laughs> you know, it's pretty dire right now. Unless you want to trade all of those guys for major league ready talent, which has not worked here, that's really your only other option. I just don't think they're going to be handing out the mega deals anymore. No, the biggest the- thing with Snell is that you would love to bring him back for like two to three years. Of course. Even he, though he's, he's not going signing. to get a six or a seven year deal and he's earned it. He's earned it. He's earned every dollar he that he's about to, to get. Yeah. But you you don't want to pay him on years. Five, six, and seven. You want to pay them just for years one, two, and three, maybe. And again, who's the who's the name you brought up at 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 fantasy camp where I said, "Look, oh, Dylan Cease." Yeah, if Dylan Cease is the missing piece, I'm I'm more apt to do that. There's so many. There's so many missing pieces. There's so many. I'm, I've resigned myself to a you know a probably less than average season. I mean, the Padres need pitching depth, but if they're in the market for a starting pitcher, and I think they are, I think it's more of a Bottom of the rotation oh, yeah. type guy. I don't Welcome think they're, Alec they're not looking at that Snell right now. Would be my guess. All right, we've uh, phone lines are still open. Paulie's got some headlines with the Rondell report coming up. One hour to go. Doobie Brothers tickets to give away all ahead with Ben Woods, San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, the fan. This one goes out to Steve Sugimoto for the second straight day, wishing him good luck in the now Tuesday qualifier for the Farmers Insurance Open. Playing up at Bear Creek. Four spots for 76 players. You have to play so well, Woods, in one of these tournaments. I mean, usually it's like six or seven under to make it into a PGA Tour event. But the, the potential rewards, obviously, are, I mean, think about it. You play well one day. You have a great round. All your putts roll in. 
you make it into the tournament, and then you've got a shot. You're a pro. You make the cut. All of a sudden, you're getting a paycheck in the weekend. Somehow, you fight your way into contention. All You're looking at maybe a five-, six-figure check, and if you do what Nick Dunlap did as an amateur last week and everything goes right for four days, you win, you're set. You've got exemptions. You get all the big tournaments, yeah. majors. That dream is there for professional golfers, and that access is still available. You you have that one dream perfect week. It's all your entire career could be set very early. So good luck to Steve today as he tries to qualify for the Farmers Insurance Open. I think I think that lifestyle, the the life of a professional golfer or potential pro- professional golfer on the bubble, it gets it gets a lot of attention. Um, it doesn't get the attention that it, it really needs, you know, because I can't even imagine, you know, minor league baseball players too. There's yeah. so many, there's so many of them. The, the spots are brutally so hard, brutally. I, hard. It's the dream, of course, being a major league baseball player, the travel, the perks, the hotels, everything that goes along with it. The adoring fans, very similar to golf. If you get to the top level PGA tour. Oh yeah, you're playing the best best courses at the best resorts in the best places in the world. Travel perks, it's all there. If you are one level below there, it's brutal. Yeah. It's it's motels and driving in vans and entry fees, and you're not even you're losing money constantly just to keep the dream alive. It's very similar to trying to be a minor league baseball player, make it to the big leagues, and you're eating at fast food restaurants and just trying to survive long enough to hopefully have that great week or season or whatever that gets you to the top level, and then you're just trying to stay there as long as possible. The only good thing about being a golfer, though, as opposed to a minor league baseball player, there's absolutely zero politics involved with it at all. Zero. You go out and shoot the best score, you're going. And you don't have to worry about your attitude. You don't have to worry about you know uh, what kind of teammate you are. You are your own teammate. That's it. All you have to do is go out and score the lowest of everybody else, and you're no one can stand in your way. Well, that's how it used to be, at least. It is still on the PGA Tour, but Liv is all about politics and invitations of Saudi government. And no, pre- no, I, I mean... But, I but mean, to get onto the PGA Tour, it's still about merit. I've talked... Right. But I've talked to plenty of minor league baseball players that said, and maybe this is bitterness on their part, but they said, oh, no, I didn't make it because I didn't play the game. And there are guys that were worse than me that played the game. Or at least got a lot more chances than you did. Hundred percent because they played the game well. They were higher draft pick, whatever. With with golf, go shoot the lowest score. Doesn't matter who you are as a person. It really doesn't. Go out and shoot the lowest you're in. So um, you know that is the good thing. It is entirely in your hands. It's one of the things I love about golf. Nobody is sitting above with a wand going you, um, you, um, you. It happens all the time in, in professional No baseball. guaranteed contracts. If you miss the cut every tournament, you make $0. Yep. $0 for your season. 100%. You have to play well to win money in golf. Yep. That's what I love about the sport. All right, uh, that starts uh, tomorrow morning. But right now, let's get some headlines from Polly. Time for the Rindle Report. And get things started here with our... Edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindel Report with Paul Rindel. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Rindel Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? 
food. I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a yeah? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. How are we doing, gentlemen? Fantastic. Okay, good. I'm just sifting through all this content. Yeah. You know, it's hard. It's hard to sift through all the... Had a good day. All of the off-season moves. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, let's start out, how about, with some Netflix. We have talked about this in the past. Netflix wanting to get in the live sports game. They've tried some live events, comedy shows, uh, they did the recap or the reunion for Love is Blind. It went terribly. <laughs> and uh, Netflix has a ton of sports in their repertoire with The Last Dance, Full Swing, uh, F- the F1 show, etc. Now, this morning, it has been reported that they have signed, Netflix has signed a deal with WWE to stream WWE Raw. And it's going to start in January of next year, okay. 2025. It's a 10-year deal worth more than $5 billion. Get some of that Netflix money. Now, are they, they're actually streaming the events. This isn't like a documentary behind right. the scenes. No, they're going to live the... stream Monday Night Raw okay. on Netflix now. Uh, it started on USA Network back in the early 90s, and then it's bounced around, came back to USA in 2005, and it's been a three-hour program on USA Network since 2012. Now, they also have, like, WWE SmackDown. They have a deal with Fox, so it'll just be Raw that's going to be on Netflix starting a year from now. Ten years, five billion. I will watch just as much as I did on USA. <laughs> Which is to say zero. Yes. I like wrestling, but I don't watch it. You hate wrestling, and you don't watch it. I don't hate it. You hate it. I just don't understand it. You hate it. It's not... They're trying to make it seem as though it's a competition, but yeah. we know it's not. Even yeah, I mean, people who follow it know it's not. Do you watch TV shows? They're not all documentaries. I get it. <laughs> like You've seen a, seen a comedy before. But the... Like when you like the detective reveals the murderer. That's a great. I, I guess it's the same. Is it the same? It's the same? It really is the same. It's entertainment. I don't get excited though. Like I don't jump out of my chair when you know Detective Stabler arrests the criminal. I can enjoy the show, but I'm not like cheering. Like I wouldn't go watch it and cheer for Law and Order. I enjoy it as a well scripted drama. But it's not like a sporting event, <laughs> right? It's just the it's the it's the I, the story. Yes, yeah. and that's fine. Like a, but people like go a like a, an arena and they cheer their brains out, like they're cheering for someone to win or lose. Is yeah, though because you have the ones you like and the ones that you don't. You get the hero, the anti-hero. Some people like the anti-hero. Some people like the hero. I mean, I can remember heel turns when I was a kid watching wrestling and heel turns and being like, "Oh my god, blew you away." Absolutely blew your mind. Now I was I was a kid. I I, I left it behind uh, when I got a little bit older. But I mean that Von Erich movie. I can't wait till that thing comes out. I cannot wait. The Iron Claw. Heard it's incredible. I mean, it just reminds me of my youth. I won't watch any of this though. But I still have beloved friends that like are psychotic about it. It's great. Have you ever cheered in a movie theater at like a yeah. moment in a movie? People are bringing up like. 
in the Avengers, mm-hmm. you know, when they all show up and they people cheered. And I remember seeing it and people were cheering. I've never cheered God, in a movie either. theater at something. I was in a movie theater where people cheered. Yeah, but I've never I never cheer at a story that I'm watching in a movie theater. Remember when they came out with the very first new Star Wars? Like the I was just I was episode in college two thousand one yeah that's literally the movie I was going to bring up I was there <laughs> and we were in college and everyone ripped up in applause when the thing and I got caught up in the moment and I did you and did. then it turned out to be maybe horrific. I did I was <laughs> eleven when that came out so I there's a good chance that I did I just remember we went to the Cinerama in downtown Seattle it was a massive massive movie theater. And that's where you go for that type of movie, and everyone started cheering when the text started rolling up, uh, you know, in a galaxy yeah. far, far away. Julian makes a good point here in the chat. Ben does understand we don't, the audience doesn't know the exact outcome. Just because it's pre-planned, they don't know what but it I is. But I know that someone knows the outcome. Sure. Sure. The, the NFL wrestlers scripted, know the like outcome. That. The NFL <laughs> scripted. Oh, those guys. Saw a couple in our chat yesterday. It makes my brain hurt. Jong says, Ben cheers when his flight lands. No, I don't. <laughs> I have, actually, before. Do you boo when it crashes, no, then, no. or no? Maybe. You know what? I've never been on a plane that crashes. If it does, <laughs> yeah. and I'm still around, I will cheer. I'll probably be booing. If it's a really oh, bouncy cheer landing, like, do you, if we make would it. you boo? Like, oh, man, a lot of turbulence. Boo! <laughs> boo! That was a terrible flight. Have a rough landing, a little bouncy. Yeah, like, boo! Boo! <laughs> Uh, thank you for flying Southwest. I don't know. It's, I think uh, it's more just a sign of the times, Netflix, and WWE in particular. They want to be on board with all the cable cutters. Where do they the- keep getting all this money? This in, this insane amount of money. And how do I get my hands on it? It's from your sixteen ninety nine a month. Started at what nine ninety nine? Yeah. yeah, it's like thirteen ninety nine now. I think. Is that right? Thirty more. Right. Is it it's more now? Yeah. Maybe more. All right. Uh, elsewhere in Major League Baseball, the Oakland A's are still trying to figure out where they're going to play in the next few years. Their lease is up in Oakland after this season. We have talked about that before. They've got the one point five billion dollar stadium being built in Las Vegas. That's not going to be done until two thousand twenty eight. So. Where are they going to play for three seasons? And they are starting to tour some potential uh, spots. Some venues that are under consideration by the A's. This is according to Front Office Sports. Uh, Smith's Ballpark, that's the home of the Salt Lake Bees. They're looking at Greater Nevada Field, home of the Reno Aces. Okay. And they're looking at Sutter Health Park, which is home of the Sacramento River Cats. What a... I mean, it's going to look like when the Chargers played at in Carson, wherever the hell that was. Yeah, in Carson. Well, I mean, what's it going to look like this season in Oakland? Yeah. Who's going to go to those games? Goes, what kind of cuckold goes oh. to those games? Who's going to go to those games? Honest, here's what I'd like, and I know it wouldn't happen. Like, it better just but, be parents with young kids. What if everybody just said, game? no, we don't, we don't want to host your ragged baseball team for two years us. while you build your stadium in Las Vegas? No. Well, I and, and, I love, the and then Oakland goes, we have no interest in leasing you the Coliseum. I would love to see them go completely homeless. You know what? Guess you're just going to have to play 162 road games for the next three <laughs> years until your baseball stadium is built. It's not That's the, what John Fisher deserves. He deserves yes. it, but it's not the player's fault. That's the thing. And, and like Mark Kotze, like he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> Guys are going out there trying to win ball games, and they have no home. It's Of course horrible. not. And ultimately, I would love them to be forced to sell because... 
no one will host him. So, hey, you sell the team, we'll be happy. Happy to put you back you in know, the Coliseum. The, but you got to sell the team to do it. The the worst part of all of this is that Major League Baseball, all the owners just unilaterally just went, looks good. Yeah, I know you have no plan, but, hey, the almighty dollar in Las Vegas is calling. Boom. It's just horrific. It's horrific. And they'll make movies. They made a movie about the A's before. They're going to make another one about these A's. This is horrible for those guys. Imagine being a player. You're like, oh, I'm a big leaguer. Yeah, not really. Not really. <laughs> I guess if you're one of those stadiums, teams, and cities, Salt Lake, Reno, Sacramento, you're you're going to be making money from the A's, right? They're going to be paying you rent, I guess, over those three seasons to play in your minor league facility. It's terrible, dude. So I guess it can help that organization and that those particular communities. If you're, if I could write some that jobs. Movie. If you're good, we've been bad. I want us to finish dead, dead last. last. And like, we can move the team to Las Vegas. <laughs> They're willing to build me a brand new stadium and give me membership in the Las Vegas Golf and Country Club. You do a good Rachel Phelps. <laughs> um, get them to... J- they're playing in Vegas, right? Eventually. Eventually. Just get them there. Get, that's what I... Minor league ball. Minor league ball. You, they already have a team there, so you're sharing it with the AAA well, listen, team. It, it happens all the time. Figure it out. Doesn't happen all the time. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> People share arenas and, and whatnot. It's a little harder with yeah. baseball. But holy crap. Like, it's such a horrible, horrible decision by Rob Manfred and all the owners to rubber stamp this thing with zero plan in place. Terrible. All right. Finally... Anybody out there looking for a side gig? I love these stories. Just trying to help out the community. Uh, you can get a $10,000 check if you give up your smartphone for one month. You think you could do that? Ten grand for one month. So here's uh, it's a no. campaign that's inspired by Dry January, which a lot of people are doing right now. And it's going to give 10 people the opportunity to get $10,000 each if they give up their smartphone, iPhone, Android, whatever, for a full month. It's from the yogurt brand Siggy's, and they want to do it because the average person right now spends about five to six hours on their phone each day. It's child's play. <laughs> What's your screen time? Like 12 hours a day. I mean, can I still use like laptops and other technological devices? Like, Probably. Like, yeah. if I carried around a laptop, smartphone. I could, like, DM my wife and kids' messages and stuff. I'd say that's probably okay. You'd have to go... I just Delilah. can't use my phone. Delilah. I mean, if a phone is truly... If a phone is truly that valuable and you'd say, no, I can't give up my phone for $10,000, you know what they should be charging per month for cell phones? $10,000. $10,000. <laughs> So true. So the yogurt so brand true. believes in the power of living a simpler life, fewer distractions, etc. So you can go on their website right now and apply until January 31st. You got to write a 100 to 500 word essay on why you oh, would need a digital detox. That's how they're phrasing it, the digital detox. I think you'd be lucky to find people that would sign up for that. Now here you go. Instead of writing an essay. They will give you a one-month prepaid flip phone, flip an old-style flip oh, phone so that has still, no still make calls. Call no apps. You're not surfing the internet or scrolling any social media, but you can send a text, make a phone call. No, then I can do that. Yeah. Can't do it. And you can also get a three-month supply of yogurt. <sighs> really? Count me in. I like yogurt. <laughs> I like yogurt, too. <laughs> I like Siggy's also. <laughs> hmm. It's got me thinking. I don't want to write an essay. I don't either. I really don't want to write an essay. If there was no essay, do you think you could do it, though? Yeah. For a month? Yeah. I think I could. Yeah. I know. I know. There'd be some bored moments, but I'd go to the 
bookstore, buy a couple of crossword puzzle books, and <laughs> I'd be okay. No corn tub on the uh, flip phone, by the way. I'd be fine. I mean, I do stream a lot of my shows you now, do. but I can do that yeah. on the your Roku at home. Yeah. And I, you know, there's other options that are not the phone. Yeah. Ten thousand dollars? That's that's a lot of money. I know somebody in our audience could use an extra ten thousand dollars. How do they sign up again? Go to the uh, website Siggy's Yogurt Brand. Okay. You can find uh, the entry form there. Submit your essay. Let them know why you could use a digital detox, and maybe you're selected. If you are selected, we're going to need you to call in on that flip phone. I want to hear all about How it. How much is Chobani willing to pay me? <laughs> what about Noosa? When I went to uh, <laughs> Fantasy Camp, I exchanged numbers with Tim Flannery, and he has a flip phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I he goes, saw that. He goes, that if you want to send me pictures of the kids or anything, you're going to have to email them to me. And I said, <laughs> all right, Flan, I'll definitely email you over some pictures. It's the best, dude. Don't eat his cookies. Do not eat. Tim in the chat says, just get chat AI to write your essay for you. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Boom. All these modern ball players with their, their smartphones phone, smartphone <laughs> and all their YouTubes. And I loved it. Polly, good job on the round of report. Uh, we'll take a time out. Uh, come back. Uh, we've got Tier 1 Topic Wheel coming up if you want to get on the line. 833-288-0973. And going to give away some Doobie Brothers concert tickets when we return. I want to hit this uh, D. Lynn tweet as ah. well. Dennis Lynn with a uh, it's little, not, little... It's not breaking news. I know, worry. but it's a survey. Play along in your car. Back after traffic on 97.3 The Fam. says, uh, in this meeting, it's behind schedule. Just wanted to give you a heads up. And you, you hearted it, Woods. Yeah. Now, to me, that's a that's a thumbs up response. You put the thumbs up like, okay, I, I see it. I acknowledge it. But you you hearted that tweet yeah. or that text. Yeah. You loved you that You loved message. that text, essentially. I, thumbs, I love that text that Adam just sent. I think the thumbs up is passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Yeah, no, thumbs no, no, up no. Is, no. Thumbs up is you use that when you just want people to know. I see your text. I acknowledge it. I don't have anything to say, but I want you to know I've seen it and we're good. What if I do this to you? That's different. How about this? That's different. A How's thumbs up feel? text, though. How's this feel? Is a reassuring acknowledgement that you have seen it and you have taken that text into consideration. A heart is a statement. I pretty much, I pretty much heart everything, or I'll do the ha ha. I don't mess with the thumbs, really, to be honest I'm with you. I'm actually with you. I don't really mess a with heart the thumbs. Is, a heart I reserve for something truly, I want to show you, I appreciate that. Delilah. That was uh, was great. Right. Whatever you just sent me was great. <laughs> if it's actually funny, I will put the ha-ha. Uh, so you, you gave Goose Gossage a thumbs down in your brain. I yes. Yeah. I almost never do the thumbs down. I, sometimes I think about it. If someone sends me some bad news... I may thumbs down it, but mostly then I think it requires a response at that point. If like, oh, that's too bad, is better than just putting the thumbs down. I don't do a lot of the, thumbs. The double exclamation point doesn't serve a lot of purpose for me. Like, I rarely wow. use that. Like, okay, that really is something. If and I had nothing to add to something that made me go, huh, 
I would give you the exclamation. Yeah. And mark. then the question mark I reserve for I don't understand. Is there a typo in this? And I'm not understanding. That's what a question mark usually like, is for. Is don't, a que- you have a question. I don't understand what you just texted That's me. That's me telling you with the question mark. Like, I'm assuming you're sending another, a follow up text. Yeah. Paulie, is have this no really idea. meant for me? Do the maybe? thing. Paulie, tell the example that you just gave. If you send us something. Oh, if I said, uh, hey, what do you guys think about doing this tomorrow at 7 o'clock? I'll heart it. And Woods just gave me the thumbs up emoji to it. I'm a D. I'd be like, ooh, that did not land. He doesn't want to do Correct. this. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's exactly like you know. It's be- you, because it's passive aggressive. Give me the heart emoji. I'm thinking, okay. I'm in. We're in. Yeah, we're, in. we're doing it. Yesterday, uh, Paulie was texting. We were kind of making some plans for the show. And he was like, oh, not a lot going on. What are we going to talk about? And I sent different ideas. Mm-hmm. And no one hearted or liked the first one. No one hearted or liked the second one. Finally, on the third one, Woods put a heart. But that clearly means that the first two texts, you had no interest in whatsoever. And I totally saw that. That's absolutely true. That 1,000% happened yesterday. I felt really bad about my first two suggestions because I didn't get one response. I didn't get a thumbs up. I didn't get an exclamation point. I didn't even get a question mark on either of them. But I got the heart on the third one. I go, well, that means I'm batting one out of three. The 333. It's all fair, Baseball is fine, and radio not quite as good in terms of ideas. So, <laughs> Absolutely. So happened. we did talk about the Padres bullpen today. We did not interview anyone about the Farmers Insurance Bullpen. <laughs> I was hoping. I was like, go ahead and tell them what the ideas were. Uh, just, my brain just shorted out. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I fair, noticed that. Oh, I did notice that. I was pooping at the time. Just, just to tell you, that's a true story. I was, I was a bit, um, I was a bit, uh, you know, I was distracted a little bit. So. All right, hold on to oh, your uh, Dennis, so good, Dennis Lynn survey tweet, because I do want to give away these tickets to the Doobie Brothers. They are coming to the North Island Credit Union Amphitheater on June 25th. Right, I saw. I'm going to start. I'm going to start thumbs downing your bad ideas since that's what you want. I, at down, least I'll know. Down, down, at down. least I'll know. It's aggressive, but it's not passive aggressive. It's which is been even almost worse. six years. You should already know. This guy is still trying to just wedge stuff in there. It's my favorite bit. Uh, I saw on Channel 10 yesterday. So um, we had a picture of a guy up on the screen and Wale asked me, do you know who that is? And I go, I don't know who that is. And he goes, that's Steve Winwood. And I said, well, I know his music, you know, and he goes, well, he's going to be performing with the Doobies uh, when they come to San Diego. Oh, that's cool. I like Steve Winwood. So if you want to see the Doobie Brothers, Steve Winwood <laughs> at Credit Union Amphitheater, be the fifth caller right now, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. It's June 25th, the concert. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com, but you can win them right now with some fast fingers. We'll be back with more Ben and Woods after this on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Thumbs up, heart, exclamation point, exclamation point. The Odyssey app lets you jump back to the moments you missed on 97.3 The Fan. While you're listening, you can see what you missed, click to listen on demand. If you missed a guest, a feature, or some crazy thing that happened from earlier, 
We've got you covered. What crazy thing happened earlier today? Paulie Rindel and his Impeccable legendary timing. drop. Yes, from Impeccable. earlier this morning. What time? What time was that? When you rewind moment. back to seven fifty, right before the uh, top of the eight o'clock hour, end of the seven o'clock hour. Rewind back. You'll hear what you missed uh, by searching ninety-seven through the fan and tapping earlier today to get started. Later today, in fact, in about twenty minutes. Annie and Elston, I believe they're both going to be in today after Annie was uh, off yesterday. So back together again, following us up, and then Gwen and Chris this afternoon. They'll probably be talking a little bit about uh, Dennis Lynn's tweet as well, Padre's survey time. Oh, it's the every year you wait for the survey. What are the questions? I'm curious. Let's find out after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Could have gone clinical. The egg gets fertilized by the sperm. By the sperm. Yeah, and then you get the well. What sperm? Where does that come from? Why don't I? Where do I see it? Where do I get it? It's just the questions never end. But I was, I was panicked. I mean, straight up. And I, Nuts. yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> that is where it comes from. <laughs> Not only funny, but clinically correct, Polly. Very nicely done. Did you use the rewind feature? What you missed he earlier? He doesn't have no, to. He doesn't have to. I'm a human rewind. Yeah, he has a literal human <laughs> rewind feature. Thank God for it too. <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, yeah, I saw this tweet come out this morning. We, you know, I, I look forward to reading the responses every single year when Dennis Lynn uh, from the Athletic sends out his. All right, time for the old fan <laughs> survey. How are we feeling, Padres fans? And I'll tell you this right now: I had a lot of threes in there, a lot of threes. And Ben gets mad at me for having. The opinion of a three. You do, a lot, because he always tells me, well, in sports radio, you need to have a strong opinion. I go, I don't. Sorry. I'm not going to tell you I do when I don't. I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Always, 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 always. I don't know. First question, how confident are you that the Padres are headed in the right direction? One being not confident at all. Five being very confident. I'm a three. I live ace. I live there. It's my whole life is in the threes. <sighs> I'm going to go way out on a limb. <laughs> Four. I'm going to say two, actually. Right, and go, go the other direction. I, About as hot a take as I, you'll get. I'm hopeful that some of the young prospects are going to come up in this different direction. And, and and sticking to some of these guys is going to work. But it's hard to say you're really confident about it 100%. yet. 100%. How can you be confident about it until you've seen yeah. it actually work on the field? It's just such a stupid sport to try to prognosticate. And, of course, it's our greatest passion is, is the game of baseball. And, you know, you, you try to prognosticate it. And, and that leads into the next question, Benny, of how does that compare to how you felt this time last year? That was an easy one. That was, I'm a lot less confident than I was last year at this time. You couldn't. Uh, I'm also, yeah, a lot less a confident. A lot less confident. It's a little less confident, a lot less confident, about the same, a little more confident. Don't think you're going to get, I'm a lot more I'm confident a lot more now confident. than I was last year. It's they, just, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Some contrarian's going to click it just to click it, but that should be one of the least answered answers that you see uh, in there. How confident are you in ownership led on an interim basis by Eric Katsenda? I was less confident than I will. I'm more confident today than I was a week ago. And then we sat down with Tom Seidler and, you know, Tom gave us a little bit of insight as to, to what Eric Katsenda is going through uh, and, and, you know, the, the direction, but I still Ben, I went with a, I went with a nice hearty three. I don't have the foggiest idea. I don't. 
I know what Tom Seidler told us, but I don't know Eric Katsenda. I've never spoken to Eric Katsenda. I've never heard him speak. So I, I don't know. It would go a long way for me if he came on the air tomorrow and said, hey, nothing to worry about. Just, I, I you know. think what we talked about, though, that we know that, that Peter yes, his planned legacy, yes. and left a direction for the club. And even though these last you know couple of months are a bit uneasy, certainly – I don't have any reason not to still be a four in my confidence right, of Padres' ownership. With, stick with they've, the they've earned even without Peter here. They've earned some. They've earned some confidence from me over the last couple of years. Ownership hasn't been the problem with the San Diego Padres. Right. Uh, how confident are you in President of Baseball Operations AJ Preller? And you know that's that's probably the most interesting question in here. I still think there are people in this fan base that are at a five. I think there are people in this fan base that are at a one. I'd put a two. Ooh, I put it too. What's spicy? Very spicy. Two, two. Uh, can you get me I, back? I, yeah, I, you absolutely. I, you can get me back to a three or four. I easy. say this with all due respect. I still think that AJ Preller is is diligent. He's creative. He is working hard to try to make the Padres better. He wants to win. I, I he wants to win. I I don't know where the confidence would come from right now. I'm I'm at a one. He's gonna have to. He's going to have to win me back this season sure. and show me some of these prospects are coming through on the big league level. Um, so I was a little more optimistic not, yeah, than you. There's just not a lot of confidence right now in AJ Preller. Yeah. It doesn't mean doesn't mean he needs to be fired immediately. It just means that my confidence is has waned considerably right sure. now. Uh, how would you rate the hiring of Mike Schilt as a manager? I went with a nice solid four. I went uh, up up from my my median three. When uh, four, I'm excited to see what he's got. I really am. I liked what I've heard so far. Talk is very cheap, as we know. Um, we need to see it on the field. We need to see this team come out with a little bit more fire. Next I, I was year. probably more like a three and a half when he was hired. I'm much closer to five now. Sure, I've liked everything I've seen so far from Mike Schultz. Yeah, so far so good. Yeah. Not one, not one. Now, foot it's easy mouth. when you haven't lost a game. And Correct. Haven't made a bad decision. Yeah, haven't but blundered at all. It makes a lot of sense what I've seen so far from Mike Schultz. So I'm pretty happy and rate the hiring as pretty highly there. Uh, what's the team's biggest weakness? Outfield, rotation, depth, bench, bullpen, first base, designated hitter, other. I I went with the very easy out, uh, answer of outfield. It was very simple but to me. But their best player is in the outfield. Yeah, their best player is in the outfield. But there's still a giant gap of 100 or so yards uh, out there that needs to be filled by somebody. Um, and and that to me, that to me, and look, but I, I look at their rotation depth and I go, Ugh. I look at their bench and I go, What? I look at their bullpen, I go, all right, sounds good. First base DH. I mean, they're all, there's four out of five there that, that you could look at and say, this is our biggest weakness. I just went with the easy answer of outfield. I'm going to go with bench. Really? You're more, the outfield looks better than the bench does to you? The bench will improve if you actually sign some outfielders. <laughs> But right now, well, no, you don't even have starters right, in the outfield. Right now, your bench players are all starting in the outfield at the moment. Matthew so, Batten, yeah. So you don't have a bench, which makes the bench the biggest weakness. Now that can change. How would you rate the December trade of Juan Soto and Trent Grisham uh, for the guys that they traded back? I hated it one and five. I thought it was the best possible outcome. Michael King is a five. We heard that earlier from his quotes from the New York Post. Yeah, I'm, two. I, I went with a three. Very hmm. vanilla. I'll give it a four. Given it was, it was the you you got probably the most you could get. Right. So I mean, then maybe I, you should say five. maybe you should say five. But uh, how concerned are you about the Padres' payroll cuts this season? Very concerned, somewhat not very, not concerned at all. I put very concerned. What makes you concerned? That we don't have any money to spend, <laughs> mostly. 
<laughs> I'm very concerned. It's not your money. It's not my money. You're right. But I, I wish that we had more to spend. I liked I those days. I'm... I liked those days of free spending. It was really fun. I guess it's it hard for me to be... I guess I'm not very concerned about someone else's finances. Since when? <laughs> it's your whole personality, you turd. <laughs> You, you have a t-shirt with your face on it and uniform. You're a literal colonel in the arena. All right, of- fine. I guess I kind of like the fact that I feel like they're back to being somewhat responsible. He's so right. that's making me less concerned. Because he's right. He's, I was more concerned I'm wrong than they he's were wrong. spending like there was no tomorrow. That's why he likes it. Because he's right. He was, he was, inevitably, Paul, he was right. They should not have done some yes, of these I things was. they did. Oh, you're right. You're right, I'm wrong. I'll wear it. I will wear it. I'm just an FM DJ. I don't even belong here. Uh, what should the Padres do with Hassan Kim? You know, the, the normal negotiate him, negotiate a contract extension, trade him before the season, see how he performs in the contract year, consider moving with the deadline, enjoy one last season of a team-friendly contract, and let him walk. I actually went, I actually went with the last one. Enjoy one last season of a team-friendly Really? Contract that would be my last walk. choice. I did. Of all the options. I put it down. I did. I don't really know why. I know what I know what the cold-hearted businessman should do, and if things are as dire as they seem, yeah, you need to probably trade him and see what you can get for him. Uh, but I'm 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 okay watching him play for one more year, and I think moving him at the deadline is certainly a possibility as well. Interesting. I don't um, know that you negotiate a contract extension before he reaches free agency. Um, I'd love it if they signed. I'd love it if they did. But if he continues. Moving upward, it's just going to get more expensive. More expensive. The crafty thing would be, if you really want to bet on him, wait until he goes into a bit of a slump for a month. Then go to and him then with go deal. to him with a contract extension offer. Not right now. Value is very high. Uh, the other, I mean, if that, any part of you agrees that we should trade him, I, I think you trade now. Now, yeah. instead of the that, I mean, don't even risk it. That's definitely. There's a very smart, logical argument for trading Hassan Kim. We've talked about it. I what it, it is on the show. Mine's probably the Emotionally, least logical. It's a tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Logically, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, confidence level in Fernando Tatis Jr. recapturing his 2021 form. I put very confident, expecting great things from him. Level of confidence in Manny Machado bouncing Wait, back. Wait, let me hold on. It, what would be your reasoning for going less than confident? Just, I put very confident. I know there's. I know, oh. but if someone wanted to answer less, I know there's the thought. It's baseball. It's well, it's baseball. baseball, or that you know he's not able to train the way he was before the suspension. I've heard that argument by many people. Oh yeah, warning track flies last year, pointing those out. That would probably be someone's argument for somewhat confident or not very confident. Won't be I'm very confident. I'm though. very confident yeah. in, in his abilities. Uh, same, I put very confident in Manny Machado bouncing back from an underwhelming 2023. I, I'll go somewhat confident in that you just never, after a surgery, you never know how long it's going to take and, and what that process is going to be like. And while all the reports have been good on Manny's recovery and timeline, uh, there's always going to be a little doubt in my mind. So I, I have a lot of confidence in Manny, but somewhat confident that he'll bounce back from the elbow surgery. I went very confident with him. I also went very confident with Jake Cronenworth. That is just a pipe dream. I went full pipe dream on it, level of confidence in him bouncing back. Look, he had a bad year, so bouncing back, the the, the floor is a little bit lower. So I, I think, you know, I still think he can be a very valuable I'm, member of this team. I'm very confident he'll have a better year than last year. Me too. Year. Whether he gets, 
I'm not very confident he's going to get back to the all-star level that we've seen him at his very best, though. Sure hope so. Somewhere in between there. What position should Xander Bogarts primarily play in 2024? I want shortstop. I I think that's what's going to happen. He's in the second year of an 11-year It it all depends on whether Ha-Sung Kim is on this team, but likely shortstop. It doesn't. It doesn't depend, really. You just gave him an 11-year deal because he's the shortstop. Yeah. I think he's a shortstop for now. As much as you may want him somewhere else. Now, if you extend Hassan Kim, Ben, maybe you have that that conversation. I I agree with shortstop, but if you're able to sign like a first baseman and then Jake can play, well, I just, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't either. Shortstop. Shortstop. Uh, Which Padres prospect excites you the most? And there's uh, Leo Dallas de Vries, uh, Dylan Lesko, Jackson Merrill, Ethan Salas, Robbie Snelling, Drew Thorpe, or other. I went with Jackson Merrill. Very excited about him. I think for me it's Ethan Salas. Sure. He's a few years away. He is, but yeah. that's he's very exciting. Sometimes you're more exciting when you're further away. Yeah, because you don't you really just let yourself dream on it. How would you rate the Padres telecasts that were produced and distributed by Major League Baseball beginning last summer? Excellent, good, fair, or poor. I said good. I would also say good. I said good. Uh the broadcasters are terrific. Phenomenal. Um, there was nothing wrong with them. There was less bells and whistles yeah. and less pre and post game. I feel like we could get a little bit more of that still uh, this season. We'll see what they come up with. I'm curious to see what's gonna it's gonna look like. But yeah, I, I'd go with good as well. How would you rate the Padres radio broadcast? Excellent, 100 percent perfect. Not one thing wrong with Padres radio broadcasts ever. So next question. I will also. How would you rate the morning show on the radio uh, flagship? It's not in there, no. but that's also excellent. <laughs> what What is your excitement level for the 2024 Padres? I put five. I'm still extremely excited. Like. That's who I am as a baseball fan. Yeah. I'm right. elated. I can't wait. I mean, I've been five going into really horrible seasons. Sure. So yeah. it, it doesn't mean much, but I'm a five, too. I'm also a five. How many games do you think the Padres will win in 2024? Fewer than 80, 80 to 85, 85 to 90, 90 to 95, more than 95. I went with 80 to 85. 85 to 90. Let's do it. Oh, Let's wow. do this. Cheerleader. Yeah, I know. Uh, will the Padres play in a World Series in the next two seasons? No. I said no. And then finally, describe your feelings. Is it possible? The, yes. Sure. Describe your feelings on the state of the team and its future in a sentence or two. I mm. skipped that. Chat GPT. I skipped that. <laughs> There's your sur- survey. I cannot wait to see the results. I don't think they're going to be great. Is it one of those surveys that you can't turn it in unless you write two sentences? <laughs> no. It you know me those where it. Yeah, they, they make you write three sentences? I love your hotel. It was fantastic. fantastic. Clean Thanks. lobby. Yeah. Thank you. Great service. <laughs> the worst. Now, can I have Some my reward? In the fan base, this is their Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh, this is, yeah, (laughs) this cracking their knuckles. And I don't blame them. Time to rip this team. I I do not blame them uh, at all. I still, I think the most telling response is that I'm still at a five for the season. I cannot wait. Plans are already being made. It's baseball. There's nothing better. Nothing better. And there's still guys I put my ass in a seat to watch every night of the week. So for that, I'm very grateful. I don't know how it's going to shake out. I don't. I hope it's not some dreadful 65-70 win season, Ben. But um, that's certainly a possibility as well. For everyone who was tuning in just for Tier 1 Topic Wheel, my apologies. We didn't get to it today. We can always get back to it tomorrow. The great thing about the Topic Wheel, it doesn't go anywhere. It's it's always here. here when we need it. If we break that glass, we go to it. Dennis's uh, survey was probably 
better. And and by the way, if you have some thoughts on it, we'll definitely bring it back tomorrow morning 100%. and get your uh, opinions on some of uh, some of those survey questions. What's the lag time usually for the the survey? Does he do it twenty four uh, hours? Twelve I don't think hours? Dennis doesn't. See. The athletic just they're kind of he's like every two or three days kind of thing. My guess is we probably won't see results for like two or three days. Okay, probably smart. All right, uh, Annie and Elston are coming up next, and then uh, we will be back tomorrow morning at six a.m. Be round one of the Farmers Insurance Open. Don't expect Woods to uh, let me have a guest on to talk about Will it. Will we lose you during that? No, they don't even tee off until 9 a.m. Oh, okay, so good. We're probably pretty good for most of the show. <laughs> uh, for Paul Rindle, amazing. Great job today, Paulie, executive producer, imaging director, Stephen Woods. I'm Ben Higgins. Have a great rest of your Tuesday from all of us here at 97.3 The Fan. So long. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t